Adult content intended for an adult audience only as this contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of this story is purely fiction and not intended for anything but the enjoyment of the listener. If you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out. Hollow Pleasure Part 1 by Jackal 54641 Chapter 01 Tenant 3A By the second landing, Robert Bradford had to pause and catch his breath. The stairs were steep and his burden was heavy. Each exhale sent a puff of dust swirling throughout the tight hallway. He doubted the desktop tower in his arms would even turn on he neglected it for far too long in the tenant's storage area of the dank old basement. He peered up the final flight of stairs. Now he was remembering why he never bothered to carry his old computer upstairs when he first moved into his attic apartment. The Victorian along Willow Street was tall. The twelve-foot-high ceilings in each apartment might have created the illusion of more space, but the extra long flights of stairs were very real. By the time his hollow footfalls reached the top landing, his face was bright red. But it was for more reasons than one. Oh! Hi there! A cheerful voice greeted him at the top. He groaned inwardly. He looked like an out-of-shape mess, and he knew it. His skinny arms strained with the load that he carried. Kelsey Parker lived across the hall from him, in 3B the only two attic apartments. They shared a tiny landing at the apex of the Victorian. A night nurse who lived alone, she usually wasn't up at this hour. This was a rarity that Rob wasn't prepared for. And if he'd have known she was out, he probably wouldn't have left his apartment at all. He would have just admired her from the peephole on his door. Kelsey was the object of most of Rob's guilty fantasies. She was in her mid-twenties and so fucking cute that it made Rob want to cry. She wore her smile in her big brown eyes they were always bright and sunny to match her disposition. She had a cute little upturned nose, and just enough of an overbite that her front teeth displayed like a chipmunk. She could have been the cutest who from Whoville. Her hair was light brown, with highlights of dyed blonde throughout. Today it was tied up behind her head like a perky feather duster that bobbed with her movements. If her face wasn't enough to turn him into a stammering schoolboy, her body was something that could make him weep. She kept fit, but one thing that wouldn't shrink with exercise was her chest. Kelsey must have developed early in life, because her boobs strained any outfit that she wore even her usual baggy scrubs. Rob had speculated that she was at least a double D possibly even encroaching into E territory, and her slim frame did little but enhance them. Someday, the poor girl was going to develop back problems. But thank God today was not that day. She didn't have much of a butt on her it was modest and perky. Rob mused that gifted chests often came at the expense of smaller asses on women. But Kelsey had so much going for her already that he was willing to overlook God having run out of modeling clay before he finished her rear end. He'd stacked it all into her boobs, and that was just fine. Rob didn't see her often out of her scrubs, but she was dressed casual yet cute. Today, that tight, wonderful body was crammed into a pair of capri jeans that hugged her hips and stopped at mid-calf, showing off her shins and ankles adorably. She wore a zip-up gray hoodie that hid lot of her frame, but it wasn't enough to hide her inviting chest. A pair of pink Converse Chuck Taylor sneakers and orange socks gave her some quirky color. 
approachable in a down-to-earth way that screamed of cheerful and friendly. It fit her, because Kelsey was always in a good mood. And to prove that point, Rob had interrupted her in the act of decorating her door for Halloween. A large cartoon pumpkin with a happy face was tacked to her door, and she was in the process of spreading caution tape and fake spider webs in place. Hello? Rob mumbled nervously. He was all too aware of his own appearance he was pushing thirty-five, but he was pale and skinny. His arms seemed to lack muscle tone no matter how hard he tried to push himself to work out. And his lack of people skills always showed in the way his shoulders hunched and his eyes darted away nervously. Where are your Halloween decorations? She pressed him, glancing at his plain door with a little pout. Oh, it's only September, he stammered. I know, she admittedly guiltily. But I love Halloween. Me too, he said and hurried to his door, feeling stupid and wishing he could come up with something better to say. Maybe I'll put some things up, you know, to keep up with you. She rested her hand on her hip and gave him a smile. He thought he detected a hint of sympathy in her expression, and he hated himself even more. Better hurry, she said, before Christmas gets any more of an ego and tries to steal it from us. He laughed. Well, have fun. Bye, she called after him as Rob shut the door. As soon as the door closed, Rob shut his eyes and groaned. Stupid, stupid, he muttered to himself. What the fuck is wrong with you, Rob? He sighed and placed the computer tower on the floor. His self-belittlement wasn't only for the typical reasons. Robert Bradford was a successful author. He'd published half a dozen books and achieved enough financial independence that he could write full-time from his apartment. As a result, he lived like a shut-in. But that's how he preferred it. He was never good with the spoken word probably why he gravitated toward writing. He needed some way to express himself because God knew he couldn't do it verbally. How the hell can a guy who compiles volumes of stories have such a hard time saying a few of clever things to the cute girl across the hall. It was a question he asked himself often. There was no excuse other than him not responding well to social pressure. It made his brain freeze like a deer in headlights. Alone, things had a tendency to come so much more naturally. He sighed. Alone. That was how he lived. His little apartment space was a lonely one. That was probably why he found such comfort in his imagination. Rob didn't have many friends, so he invented characters in his mind people he would someday like to meet. They became like friends, and he wrote them down. They were hits because his books sold well. But sometimes they weren't enough, and Rob began to catch himself more and more talking to himself, the way a child would talk to an imaginary friend. Of course he knew there was nobody there to actually converse with him, but sometimes it was nice to close his eyes and pretend for a few minutes. On some nights, he'd narrate his entire mundane existence out loud, as though explaining it to an interviewer, or an old long-lost friend, or a time traveler from ancient times. And some nights, he'd power up his Xbox, look to all his friends and connections their cartoonish icons that were forever in a state of slumber because they'd all either started families, moved on, or passed away and he'd sigh and wish they'd come back. He took a final glance out of the peephole in time to see Kelsey stretching on her tiptoes to reach the top of the doorframe. Her sweatshirt rose slightly, and Rob was treated to a view of bare skin just above the waistline a smooth tan tummy and a pleasant curve of her lower back. He felt his loins tighten. He turned away and wandered into the turret that overlooked the front of the building. His apartment wasn't huge, but boy did it have character. The bedroom was small, the bathroom was even smaller. The kitchen was basically just a kitchenette that shared space with the living room. But just off of the living room, 
Rob had the top floor of a large circular turret. He'd turned it into his workspace with his array of computers and a cockpit configuration. Bulletin boards of notes lined the walls and a telescope overlooked the street on a tripod his, periscope, to the outside world. The character of his home was the reason that he stayed as long as he did. That and the comfort sounds. The noises of the other tenants that carried through the thin walls and floor. He could pretty much hear everyone moving throughout the ancient building, and the sound sometimes comforted him when he was feeling especially lonely. People were within earshot of him. He was part of a community, even if he didn't really talk to them. It made him feel cozy. He tore himself away from the windows. Today he had work to do. Rob lugged the computer tower into the turret and set it up. He proceeded to hook up the wires and run the cables through the desk array. When it powered up, he was pleasantly surprised. No way, he muttered to himself. It actually worked. His first bit of good news today. His usual writing computer had finally given up the ghost last night it was on its last leg. He removed the broken one. It was garbage doubtful even a thief would want it. He mentally rehearsed what he would say to Kelsey when he bumped into her again as he carried it out the door and into the hall. But he found the hallway empty. She had apparently finished up and gone inside. There was a pang of disappointment. He left the computer on the top step and returned inside. He dropped into his desk chair and stared up at the ceiling with a sigh. He really needed to get some serious writing done today. His current project was starting to drag, and Rob knew just how dangerous procrastination could get. The less he worked on the book, the less excited about the project he became, and the more he'd forget about previous chapters. He needed to strike while his excitement was high, but every time he tried, he found his attention wandering. The desk chair was in the center of the turret. He spun around, looking at the cockpit-configured computer array. The charts and storyboards on the walls, the scribbled notes. His eyes were once again drawn to the big windows that overlooked the street, and the telescope positioned within. Rob didn't like to think of himself as a voyeur, but he didn't have much normal contact with others. And breathing life and realism into his characters was something he struggled with. It had been his idea, inspired by an old Hitchcock film, to set up the telescope and keep tabs on his neighbors. There was the husband and wife in 1B they seemed cool, the handicapped student and his single mother in 2A, just below his own apartment. There was a new tenant in 2B who'd moved in last month, though he hadn't met them yet, although that wasn't really a surprise considering how little time Rob spent coming and going. And of course, Kelsey across the hall. Rob had drawn a little cross-section of the Victorian and tacked it to his wall with sticky notes that detailed everyone's routines. He supposed he was crossing into crazy stalker territory, but he preferred to view it as the actions of an obsessive private investigator, and it was more fun to pretend that than to face the reality that he was a creep. He took a quick glance into his telescope and startled to see a moving truck parked out front. It was probably for 1A, the only vacant apartment in the six-unit building. Furniture was being removed mismatched hand-me-down items, some new Ikea boxes, and a folding futon. Three girls came and went college girls from the looks of things. Rob's heart sped up. Interesting. College students were nothing out of the ordinary. The town appealed to hipsters, and the main street often rented to students at the nearby university. But these three were definitely the kind of women that would make a lonely guy like Rob sit up and take notice. He spied a busted one with an olive complexion and wild curly hair, a skinny brunette with a sharp face and supermodel-length straight brown hair, and a redhead with glasses who appeared to be drowning in an oversized hoodie. All three were pretty maybe not Kelsey pretty but they definitely warranted a closer look. He added them to the map behind his chair 
intending to do some snooping at a later time. Later, he promised himself out loud. For now you need to focus. He slapped himself once across the face, before returning his attention to the computer he'd brought up from the basement. Despite the age and neglect, it ran beautifully, almost too well. Why had he never bothered with this one before? He loaded his old documents, making the virtual world feel like home. He loaded his current story and stared blankly at the place where he'd left off. He wasn't sure what to type. The sound of walking on the old wooden floors stole his attention. Kelsey moving around in her apartment just on the other side of the wall. He smiled to himself, charmed at the sounds of her cute feet on the floor. Those pink Converse sneakers and her orange fuzzy socks to match her Halloween decorating, no doubt. He wondered if she painted her toenails probably something to celebrate the season. That thought spiraled into another. He wondered if she was wearing black and orange panties. Maybe even a thong. Was she the type of girl who would? God, he hoped so. Before Rob knew it, he was inspired, but it wasn't thoughts of his story. It was lewd fantasies of Kelsey what kind of woman was she behind closed doors. Was she innocent and sweet in the bedroom, laying on her back, letting her handsome prince take her gently? Or was she a hidden tiger, waiting to spring to life? Did she use toys on herself on those lonely nights, or just her hands? The thought that she might spend days laying awake just on the other side of the wall, gasping as she ran her hands over her body made his crotch begin to tighten up. Did she ever bite her lip, and look at the wall, and consider knocking, coming over here and throwing herself at her neighbor for some desperate and eager release? Curiously, he began to type. Robert Bradford was in no way an erotic novelist. His professional genres were suspense and horror. But the act of writing was much more intense for him than simply reading a story or watching a movie. It brought things to life in his head. It was savory like slow eating a piece of chocolate and thinking about every little bit of it. Using all of his brain power to completely imagine something amplified everything, including pleasure. And at the moment, Rob decided that he needed some way to satisfy the overwhelming craving that he had for his sexy and adorable neighbor. His crotch was stirring itself to life. He had dabbled in love scenes, but outright filthy sex scenes was something new. He supposed he could have simply watched porn, gotten himself off, and moved on with his day. But the urges were growing, especially lately. He wanted Kelsey. The only porn star who remotely came close was a girl named Peter Jensen but the resemblance was still too far off. Rob needed more. He needed his actual crush. If the pornographic scene that he really desired didn't exist, why not make it himself in his mind? He began to type, quickly mapping out a scene rehashing the awkward interaction that he'd had with Kelsey in the hallway. It was painful, remembering the way he'd struggled to speak to her, the need to say something clever to her, and failing miserably. It was time for a different ending to that encounter. A few minutes after his character walked away, there would come a knock at the door. When his character answered, Kelsey would be standing there. Her zip-up hooded sweatshirt would be opened and her breasts exposed she hadn't been wearing a bra beneath that whole time in the hallway. Rob liked where this was going. His hand wandered to his lap and he rubbed his growing erection over the fabric of his khakis. Now he needed something for her character to say, some opening line, like a porno movie, that would set off the sex scene. His fingers flew over the keys. He giggled as he typed her dialogue line. The only thing I like more than Halloween is sucking cock. It was cheesy, he was aware. He could do so much better. But it ultimately led to a hot scene in which Kelsey gave Rob a wicked blow job, right there in the open doorway that overlooked the third floor landing. Then they went inside and fucked like rabbits she rode him on the couch like a woman possessed. 
The scene gave Rob an aching erection. As he typed things out, from the dirty talk to the hot sweaty sex, he could feel his member throbbing. He considered the characters moving throughout the apartment, fucking in dozens of positions, but decided against it. He was too turned on now, and he needed release. He'd already devoted more time to typing this out than he intended. It was time for the climax. Rob's character cries out that he's going to come. She does too, and the orgasm together. The ending was a little hurried, but it was needed, because Rob definitely needed to satisfy himself, and right now. He concluded the naughty short story with something cliché yet simple. Kelsey returned to her apartment as though nothing had ever happened. But Rob knew this was the start of something grand in his life. Not bad. Maybe he'd even submit this story to one of those online erotic literature forums, under a pen name, of course, but first. He leaned back in his desk chair. One hand rubbed his throbbing member, as the other hit save and dropped the document into a folder labeled with a simple X. No sooner had Rob accomplished this feat than there came a sudden jarring knock at the door. It cut right through his lust-induced bliss. Talk about shitty timing. Um, just a minute. He grumbled awkwardly, tossing his tissue box to the side of the desk and hurrying to tuck his boner into his pants. It tinted obnoxiously. Fate had a way of being cruel. Rob's manhood was large, despite his skinny frame. He had been gifted with a cock that fell just shy of ten inches, with a thick, meaty shaft. Unfortunately, his lack of people skills left him with few opportunities to use it. On more than one occasion, he'd look at himself in the mirror and hum a few sarcastic notes from a famous song about irony. His hands trembled a little as he stood from his desk and tucked his cock up into the waistband of his pants, the head reaching past his belly button. He pulled his shirt down until it covered his crotch. It wasn't great. The outline still printed through his clothes. He sighed. What am I? In fucking high school again? He hadn't had to go to this sort of trouble to hide the fact that he was masturbating since he was kid living at home, and his parents would interrupt him for one reason or another. The knocking came again, sounding more urgent. Hopefully it was just the landlord or maintenance guy, telling him of a water shutoff. Just a quick interaction, Rob wouldn't even need to open the door all the way. But when he peered out of the peephole, he spied Kelsey. His heart jumped. His first instinct was one of self-preservation. He'd written a dirty story about her, and somehow she had known and was here to slap him, or belittle him, or call him a creep. He'd done something wrong and now he was in trouble. He'd be humiliated and embarrassed, and have to issue apologies on top of apologies, before withdrawing into some hole to live out his pathetic days. No. That was silly. There's no way she knew. He glanced down at his erection. It was subsiding, but not quick enough. Maybe he could lean slightly forward and hide it. He pulled open the door and greeted her, as though he didn't know it was her. Hello? Oh, hi, Kelsey. He smiled pleasantly. At least he hoped it was pleasant. He personally felt like he looked nervous and guilty. It wasn't helped by the blank stare that his normally fun-loving and bubbly neighbor gave him. She blinked once at him, then seemed to snap out of it. A coy smile spread across her lips like the Cheshire cat. Her eyes were piercing and lusty. It definitely wasn't Kelsey's normal perky demeanor. Is everything okay? He asked, suddenly worried. Then Kelsey gave him a coy, mischievous smile, reached her hands up to the zipper on her hoodie, and drew it down in one long pull. Her shirt opened, and Rob saw nothing but bare skin beneath. His jaw dropped. She wasn't wearing a bra, just like in his story. And when she pulled her top open, 
Two huge exposed breasts stared back at him. They were bigger than he thought especially on her small frame. They were perky, plump, and round, with tan lines left over from the departing summer. The areas of skin not kissed bronze by the sun were bright white, with large pink nipples. Oh my God! His eyes popped. Kelsey had always been unabashedly friendly to him, but she had never come on to him like this before. What the hell was happening? Then she said something that stopped his heart completely. The only thing I like more than Halloween is sucking cock. Like a slap in the face, it was as though she had stepped right out of his computer. But it was impossible. Before Rob could even consider any of this, she suddenly shoved the door to his apartment all the way open. She grabbed him by his skinny frame and pushed him up against the door frame. Kelsey grabbed his hands, thrusting them against her chest, letting him feel the warmth of her skin and the heavy weight of her breasts. Her nipples were hard, and her soft tits inviting. Oh my god, Dash! He started to say, but Kelsey nearly threw herself to his mouth, starting to kiss him hungrily right there in the doorframe. Rob couldn't process this. She was a ten, and he was a six, at best. He had been skinny, with narrow shoulders and gangly arms and legs his whole life. He rarely went outside, and was always pale. The term blue blood came to mind in the classic sense when he looked at himself in the mirror people who were so pale, they looked almost blue. There's no way a girl like Kelsey would go for him. And certainly not in this way, making out in an open doorway on the top floor landing of his building. True, it was just their two apartments up here, but this was much more risque than anything he'd ever done in real life. But now her tongue was poking into his mouth, coaxing his own into action. Was he dreaming? If he was, it was too vivid. She smelled of strawberries. Had he done this somehow? Had his imagination somehow manufactured this into reality? Before he could chase the thought more, her hand shot down to his crotch. She gave it a squeeze over his pants, making him nearly jump. Oh, Rob, you are a big boy. She cooed against his lips. If I'd have known you had a cock like this, I would have fucked you sooner. She declared. He jumped again, recognizing another line of dialogue from his story. What does she bit his lip pleasantly, and when his tongue slid into her mouth, wrestling with hers, she began to suck. Fuck, she was wild, just like he imagined. Her hand rubbed his cock over his clothing with a sense of desperate urgency. He let his hands fondle her tits. He didn't know how this was possible, but less and less he found himself caring. This moment was already impossible. It could end at any moment. Hell, it could have been a dream, a very warm, realistic dream. And if that was the case, he better enjoy as much of it as possible before he awoke. His hands felt for her hard nipples and gave them a pinch and a twist. He didn't have a lot of experience here, mostly making it up as he went, but she squealed in delight all the same. That sweet little Disney princess voice of hers was uncharacteristically horny and slutty. I need it, Rob. I need it so bad. Can I suck on it? Pretty pretty please? She begged. He knew she would ask that. At this point, he was certain that she was playing out everything from his story, and that was okay. He'd process it all later. Suck it, he said, trying to sound as confident as he had in the story. But his words came out fearful and uncertain. Regardless, Kelsey dropped to her knees in front of him, trailing her hand down a long chest as she went. Her hands worked quickly to pull open his pants and shove his shirt up his skinny frame. He stared down at her, his heart pounding in his ears. He could barely catch his breath. Her tits hung glorious and free right out in the open, and his cock pointed straight at that cute upturned bunny rabbit nose of hers. Oh, Rob! She cooed again, 
and devoured him in one gulp. The desperation was clear in her actions. His cock disappeared into her warm wet mouth, her lips locking tightly around his enormous shaft. Her head began to bob. Her tied back hair trembled lightly like a feather duster being shaken. She was taking long quick pulls on his cock with her mouth. She made it disappear and reappear again and again between those perfect pink lips. All the while, her large brown eyes peered up at him, as if wanting to ensure that he was enjoying her efforts. Rob leaned against the door frame for support. He was certain if he didn't have that to lean against, his shaking legs would spill him to the floor. He had to throw his hands over his mouth, to keep from moaning out loud. It was an old building and sound traveled well. That wasn't stopping Kelsey, though. She was moaning in muffled pleasure as she devoured him. Mmm, 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 she said with each long drag of his cock. The pleasure was incredible. Had it really been since college that Rob had gotten a blow job? It seemed so long ago and he never remembered them being this good. Fuck, fuck yes. He found himself gasping between his fingers. Ah uh-huh, ha uh-huh, she urged him. She shrugged out of her hoodie, completely unworried about being exposed in the hallway like this. She tossed it aside, letting her plump melons free. Her mouth went right back to his dick, latching on and sucking for all she was worth. One hand gripped his shaft and stroked him back and forth into her bobbing mouth. His balls swung free and heavily back and forth, smacking against her wrist with each stroke. He could feel how busy her tongue was. How smooth and slippery her lips were. Oh. Something was happening. Something that hadn't found its way into his little erotic story. Something he hadn't considered. Her blow job was too good. He had gone without sex for so long, been starved of it. Now it was catching up with him quickly. Oh fuck. Kelsey. I'm going to he said, feeling the pleasantness in his cock reaching a fever pitch. His balls tingled. The head of his cock swelled to an even thicker degree, pulsing between her lips. All the while, Kelsey continued to moan and purr and suck and gobble, oblivious to what was happening, her efforts driven by a single-minded urge. Rob tried to hold back, although he knew there was no stopping it now. Oh God! He braced against the door frame. His hips gave an involuntary thrust that sent his cock into her throat. She gagged pleasantly on his member. There was a brief moment, as though the world froze. And suddenly he was coming. His cock went off like a loaded gun. The first rope of cum shot into Kelsey's throat. She swallowed it down. More and more followed in rapid succession. Each spasm that his cock gave sent hot cum into his neighbor's hungry mouth. She drank from his cock, as though his sperm was her sustenance. Even more shocking she didn't relent. Her sucking didn't slow. Her hand milked him dry, draining him. Cum was spilling out of her lips, running down her chin to her chest, coating his shaft. Sorry, he began to stammer. He expected her stop, to get up and leave, disappointed in his lack of performance. But to his surprise, she continued to suck, not relenting, only building speed. He groaned. His cock had grown extra sensitive after his orgasm. Even as his member became soft, Kelsey never stopped licking, sucking, and gobbling. Her tongue spun in a circle around the head, as though she was either oblivious to his premature orgasm, or she simply didn't care. Oh God! He had to bite down on his hand to keep from crying out. The sensitivity of his dick was immense, and her sucking tickled almost painfully. Oh God! He almost screamed into his palm. Kelsey reached down and began to unsnap her jeans, then her hand disappeared down the front of them, finding her sex and rubbing. 
Her other hand went to one of her plump tits, squeezing and massaging in a sensual display that was meant for her pleasure, as well as drive Rob wild. He watched, realizing she was still doing everything he'd written about in his story. Despite his pounding heart and whirlwind of confusion, a small part of his sensibilities whispered to him that she was following the script. He might have deviated, with his early orgasm, but she was continuing on, regardless of the sudden change. What could that possibly mean? Her lips pulled at his cock, now half-limp. She sucked it in and out of her mouth like a noodle. He was still very sensitive, and the feeling was both pleasant and unpleasant at the same time. This wasn't possibly a dream. No way. Not the way it felt in her mouth right now. I guess I have to tweak a few things. He muttered out loud, considering the story versus what was happening now. Kelsey stared up at him, a single-minded sex toy busying herself. She moaned and gasped now as she sucked on his cock playing with herself. He watched as she squeezed her breast tantalizingly, rolling her nipple between her thumb and forefinger. Her nipples were big. They'd have to be for her colossal memories. Despite the orgasm, Rob's cock started to swell once again. Kelsey wasn't done with him yet, not until the story ended, and she would keep going until it was done. Part of Rob wondered what would happen then, but did it really matter? Her unrelenting blowjob and her amazing sexuality combined with that body of hers. There was no denying that his cock was hardening. If she kept up at this rate, he'd be ready for round two in no time. He found himself sighing with pleasure more and more, falling into his role in this impossible dream-like scene. He reached out and took that bobbing feathery ponytail in one hand. He gripped it tightly and started to force her head up and down on his cock. M-m-m-h-m-m, she responded. Mem. Her mouth was muffled. Her lips made wet sloppy sounds as she sucked his cum and her saliva into her mouth with each plunge of her head. That's it, Rob snarled, surprised by the sound of his own words. Who's a little slut? he asked. Questions that he always wanted to ask in bed, but usually felt silly. His words tentative, but he was now living a fantasy that he knew wouldn't stop if he offended her. I am, she answered back, like a ditzy bimbo cheerleader. Something he had asked in the story and the same answer she had given then. Good girl. That's right. You're my slut. All mine. He leaned his head back on the doorframe, and used his grip on her hair to fuck her face. Her busy hands worked over her body, squeezing her tits and fingering her pussy as she knelt on the carpeted runner. Curiously, he decided to venture off script, staring into those big eyes of hers as she regarded him. Do you like playing with your big fucking honkers? No response just her continued aggressive sucking. Another experiment. He repeated a question that he knew he only asked once in the story. Who's a little slut? I am, she replied, exactly as before. Interesting. Let me fuck your ass, he said. Again, something that hadn't made it into his story. Kelsey made no move to stop from her sucking. Let me fuck your tits. This time, just as described on the computer, she popped off of his cock and began to smack herself in the face with his throbbing member. Then she sat higher up on her knees and thrust out her chest to him, like a maiden presenting an offering to her master. You like my tits? She asked, almost pleaded. I love your tits, he responded, and placed his cock between them. Kelsey squeezed her breasts together, trapping his rod between those big warm pillows. Then she started to move her body in time with his, jiggling those enormous puppies up and down against his wet shaft. Oh, Kelsey! he moaned. She stuck to the script, but not tightly. He could trigger a change in the events, provided he said the right thing, 
and it was so something he'd scripted. She wouldn't let him fuck her ass, but he could suggest she cut the blow job short and fuck her tits because he'd written it. Her head bobbed in a single-minded purpose. Her tongue lolled from her mouth like a panting dog, her eyes rolling back in her head. Those big juicy tits slid up and down along him, milking a few leftover drops of cum from the head of his member. Sweat was starting to appear on her chest like drops of dew. It felt good, but Rob wanted more. I want to fuck, he told her. Kelsey nearly sprang to her feet. I thought you'd never ask, she said in her perky voice, sounding more and more like a bimbo. She smiled, dirty thoughts at the forefront of her brain as she grasped Rob by the shirt and forced him backward into his apartment. He didn't even have a chance to shut the door before she was nearly throwing him onto the couch. Get these off. She was barking at him like a sexual demon. She grasped his pants and nearly ripped them off. She gripped his shirt in both hands and tore it right down the middle, just like the story. She brought her lips to his mouth, kissing him deeply and passionately. He could taste his own cum on her breath something he made a mental note to tweak later. Then she was dragging her tongue down his chin, his neck, his skinny chest and stomach. Before she reached his aching member, she stopped and nearly tackled him. She tossed away the last of her clothes and jumped into his lap. Her aggression was wild, exactly as he'd always fantasized about. Premature orgasm or not, Rob was ready to go again. His cock was hard and aching with yearning by the time she scrambled into his lap, thrust her tits into his face, and reached back between their legs to grasp his cock and guide it into her pussy. Holy shit, this is really happening, Rob commented, taking in the sight of his neighbor's hot wonderful body. With her tits in his face, he couldn't resist planting kisses on her flesh, letting his tongue flick out to taste her. How could he not? They were bigger than his head. He could smell her body wash a pleasant coconut smell. Kelsey pushed the head of Rob's cock into her eager wetness. The warmth started to swallow up his head. Oh, Rob. I've never had one so big before. She managed to moan out. Holy shit, Kelsey. He said as she started to wiggle her butt and lower herself on his shaft. I have a feeling we'll be doing this a lot. He moaned. Kelsey sank lower, taking him deeper and deeper. Her body responded by squeezing his cock tightly. Oh shit, he moaned. Then she was fully seated in his lap, his entire rod throbbing within her womb. Oh my god, she squeaked out. Oh my god. She glanced down at him and smiled. Just relax. I want to make you feel really good. And she started to move her hips. She slid up and down his cock, fucking him slowly at first. Rob wrapped his arms around her waist, savoring the moment. He never knew it could be like this. Big tits in his face, a warm wet pussy engulfing his cock. Moans escaping the lips of a beautiful girl that he'd had a crush on forever, it seemed. He felt like his arms could wrap twice around her narrow waist. He held her tightly and helped move her up and down on his lap. He looked over her shoulder to the open apartment door. What if someone comes up here and sees? He moaned, all too aware it was part of his dialogue and his story. She paused and cradled at the side of his face in her slender fingers, looking in his eyes with a naughty little smile. Maybe they'll join us. She grinned and moved her lips back to his. Her words made his cock throb inside of her tight body. Their mouths locked together, and Kelsey resumed rocking on his lap, but this time with much more vigor. Her plump juicy tits pressed against his chest, sliding up and down his body with ease. They were warm and slick with sweat. He gasped. God, I've wanted this forever. He moaned. Me too. 
His hands eagerly roamed every inch of her body, still not believing this to be really happening. He wanted to feel every inch of her. Cautiously, he gave her a slap on the ass. Oh, she cooed. Have I been a bad girl? She asked, bouncing harder. Very bad. Fucking your neighbor with the door open, like a real slut. He growled, moving his hips and thrusting up into her body. He slapped her ass harder, making his own hands sting. Kelsey yelped and rode him faster. You're slut, she told him, struggling to catch her breath. By now her tits were bouncing wildly with her movements. They slapped together in front of Rob's face, threatening to knock him around. The futon beneath them began to creak. Someone might hear. Rob grunted, out of breath. All too aware of how real that might be, and how alarming. I don't care, she cried out. Kelsey wrapped her arms around Rob's neck and leaned back. She positioned her feet on either side of him on the couch as she leaned far back into space. She clung to him, still bouncing, as Rob helped brace her, aware of how small his arms were and how uncoordinated he was. Thankfully Kelsey did most of the work for both of them. Her body was built for it, Rob noticed. Even as she threw herself back and forth on his lap, impaling herself on his cock, her flat belly was flexing her arms showing some definition. She worked out frequently. Fuck me, Rob! She threw her head back and screamed. Fuck me with that big fat fucking cock! God, even to hear cheerful Kelsey curse like that drove him wild. His cock jumped and spasmed inside of her. Her body slapped against him over and over again. Her tits knocked together wildly. Yes! 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 She panted. Take it, you slut! Rob allowed him to get lost in the fantasy moment. Though he had no explanation for why it was happening, it didn't much matter. This was much more intense than anything he'd ever written or created in his mind. And it was happening exactly as he'd imagined it. He slapped her on the ass, and each time that he did, she moaned and screamed in pleasure. They fucked until exhaustion began to set in. Sweat was pouring from Rob's brow and he was suddenly grateful that he hadn't described multiple positions throughout his apartment the way he had always wanted to fuck Kelsey. He was positive that if he had, she would literally fuck him to death. He didn't have that kind of stamina. Oh God! He shut his eyes, feeling his cock building up to a second orgasm. Drops of sweat were chasing each other down between her breasts. Harder! Harder! She panted in her sweet wholesome voice that had turned into a ravenous slut. Oh Kelsey! I'm going to come! he cried out. As if on cue, in response to his words, Kelsey grabbed his hands, pinning them above his head and leaned into him, her hips and bounces growing even more aggressive. Yes, Rob! Yes! Give me that cum! Fill my womb! Her urging was desperate. Oh, God! He leaned his head back, moaning in pleasure, as Kelsey rode him with reckless abandon. Her big tits hovered over his face, clapping together from the punishment she was letting him do to her. Come in me! She tossed her head back, hair flying, arched her back, and seemed to freeze on top of him, locked in a moment of passion. Rob couldn't hold back any longer. His second orgasm was even more powerful than the first. He drained his balls into her young fertile body, not aware of if she was on the pill or not. And at the moment, he didn't care. This sent Kelsey off as well. She cried out sweetly, her voice high and squeaking in pleasure as her body quivered on top of his. They held like that for several long seconds Rob's penis bursting with long pleasurable spurts of semen, and her pussy drinking it up, quaking against his rod. Finally she sagged back on him with a sigh of relief. She took a deep breath. 
As the orgasm wore off, Rob suddenly grew worried. He hadn't written any more to the story than this. What would happen next? Would she come to her senses? Would she snap out of this trance and freak out? Or would she be cool with it? The only thing that he remembered was that he'd given the whole story a generic ending. Kelsey returned to her apartment as though nothing had ever happened. But Rob knew this was the start of something grand in his life. Suddenly, without a word, Kelsey climbed off of him. Her body naked, with a pleasant sheen of sweat that made her glisten. She bent to collect her discarded clothing, and wordlessly went to her apartment her legs scissoring cutely. She shut the door. Rob stared in disbelief, still naked, his cock deflating in his lap, sticky with their mess of lovemaking. What the fuck? He started to come to his senses, and when he did, he jumped to his feet on wobbly legs, dressed quickly, fixed his hair, and replaced his torn shirt. Then he decided he'd better follow up, not sure what else to do. He knocked on Kelsey's door, eyeing the grinning pumpkin cutout that she tacked up earlier. That pumpkin no longer looked like he was grinning because he was joyous and innocent. He was grinning because he'd seen things. He was privy to some new secret knowledge. After a moment, Kelsey opened. She was dressed, but a sweaty mess. Oh, hi, Rob. She smiled politely. Can I help you? Rob stood, feeling confused. He hadn't thought through what he would say when she answered. And she definitely no longer looked like the sexed-up demon that had fucked him like crazy only minutes ago. He decided to keep his answer vague. Um, did you knock on my door a little while ago? She blinked. No. I mean, I don't think so. And maybe, but I'm having a weird blackout moment. Blackout? He asked, trying to sound casual and not at all guilty. Like, have you ever taken a really good nap and woken up when it's dark out and you have no idea what day it is? You can't tell if it's seven at night or seven the next morning? Yeah, I guess I know the feeling. He laughed nervously, rubbing the back of his head. His hand came away sweaty. Did you take a nap? No. I don't think so. And I'm a total mess. She looked at herself. Rob paled. I don't know. There was a small power surge earlier, and the AC went out. You know how it gets really hot up here really quickly. She smiled. I guess you're right. But I don't remember knocking on your door. Maybe it was just a ghost. He replied dismissively, wanting to hurry back to his apartment to process all of this. Ooh, she said, intrigued. It's an old building. That would certainly make for a fun Halloween. Well, I'll see you later, Kelsey, he said and hurried back to his door. Bye, she called sweetly after him. When Rob shut his door, he sagged against it with relief. He pinched himself once, very hard, to make sure it hadn't all been some dream or hallucination. She really didn't remember the crazy sex they just had. And he was positive that she was being honest just then in the hallway. She was back to her normal self, not doing anything uncharacteristic. He needed to be cautious, because while she had basically attacked him, he'd left evidence behind in a girl who didn't remember having sex with him. That tended to not look good. He hurried into his turret-slash-writing studio and looked at his ancient tower computer in disbelief. Maybe there was a ghost in the house. Maybe it had done something to his computer. He had no clue. He normally didn't believe anything like this was possible, but within seconds after finishing a story, it had literally happened exactly like he'd written it. There was no denying that some force was at play. But until he knew for sure how to explain it, he decided he would need to do some more experimenting. A suddenly slamming from the street out front made him steal a glance outside. The three college girls were still in the process of unpacking and moving in, 
and he was once again struck by how pretty all three of them were. Robert Bradford smiled slightly to himself as he let his eyes wander over their bodies. This new power of his definitely warranted a closer look, and much, much more experimenting. Chapter 02 Tenant 1A A late summer wind blew across Willow Street, shaking the leaves and sending a few of the fallen ones scattering across the grass. They chased each other in bright shades of gold and brown. Despite the coming fall, it was a slow change. Things were still warm and pleasant. The sky didn't yet start to feel or smell like fall. But that could change abruptly. Literally overnight. Danny Esposito stood on the front steps, admiring her new building. This was exciting. It was called the Connolly House, and there was a grand, almost Disney-esque quality to the building. It was a classic Victorian-style mansion in shades of brown, mint green, and bright gray. It would be dynamite at Halloween, reminding her of something the Munsters might live in, but less rundown. A covered porch lined the front of the building and wrapped around the side. There was even a three-story turret that tapered to a point in the low foreboding attic. The coolest part of this whole arrangement was that the wraparound porch and the turret were features in her apartment unit. Well, not just hers. She would be sharing it with two other girls this year. But she was no stranger to that. She had known Tina since grade school, and though she had just met Lucy, she seemed quiet and cool. They had finished with the moving truck yesterday. Now family members were helping with the last of the items. Danny's older brother Bill the cute one that Tina had secretly coveted for years used his pickup truck to tote the larger furniture that the girls owned. He was polite and courteous as always, calling Tina ma'am even though it wasn't necessary. She was swooning over his new military haircut and his way of carrying himself. The Marines had really whipped him into shape. Not that he wasn't already. He had always been a cutie with a kind approachable demeanor. So when do you ship out? Tina was asking. Day after tomorrow, ma'am. When will you be back? Danny merely rolled her eyes. She knew what was happening. In fact, if Tina's parents weren't helping with this move, she was certain that Tina would be much more vulgar and personal with her line of questioning. Danny helped Bill carry a few of the bulkier items inside as Tina trailed behind. The siblings traded a knowing look, and Danny had to hold back her smirk. Thank God you're on the first floor, Bill had said when he roamed further down the hall and poked his head into the narrow stairwell. It didn't look like the easiest to navigate with heavy items. He unloaded the last of his truck and departed, much to Tina's disappointment. He had other obligations. At least this one has air conditioning. Tina's father commented, finishing the assembly of some Ikea furniture that he and his wife had been working on, and fighting the entire time, in the cramped bedroom. The girls had their beds on either side of the room like Ward and June Cleaver, a nightstand in the middle and a matching set of Ikea wardrobes along one wall. They hadn't yet unpacked their personal items to give the room character, and so far it looked sterile and hotel-like, aside from the old hardwood floor of the ancient house, of course. A throw rug would warm that up. Right now, however, the room resembled one of their old dorms, the hellish one from their first year that had seen record temperatures without AC. That had been the closest that long-time friends Danny and Tina had ever come to wanting to kill each other. Oh, stop, it's lovely. Tina's mother commented, being contrary. I don't see why the girls have to share a room. They found the place and jumped through all of the hoops to rent it. They should get a say in who gets what room. We did, Dad, Tina said. We chose to let the new girl have the back bedroom. That's very thoughtful, her mother said. Thoughtful people finish last, her dad added. We didn't do it to be thoughtful, Tina grinned teasingly. 
She laced her fingers through Danny's. There's something we've been meaning to tell you. Now's as good a time as any. Danny giggled, playing along. Tina waited until the color drained from the faces of both parents before bursting out laughing. We're kidding, she said. They sighed with relief before her mother immediately added. Not that we wouldn't support you either way. Oh, for the love of God, Tina said and started ushering them to the door. Thank you for all of the help, but we've still got a ton of unpacking. Love you. She breathed a sigh of relief when the door shut. That was something. Danny laughed. Tina only shook her head. They're getting worse. Sorry about that. Danny waved her hand dismissively, not bothered. She gazed around the apartment. It is pretty cool here. She allowed herself to fall backward onto the comfy hand-me-down couch and splayed her arms out across the cushions. Tina agreed. At least it isn't student housing. It's an actual real apartment with actual real people. She wandered into the turret. The floorboards creaked beneath her feet. She gazed out the windows. The sun was starting to set, the sky growing a shade of navy blue. Should we start unpacking? It's been a long day, said Danny. We should at least get the blinds in the windows. And maybe set up a few lights so we're not falling over boxes in the dark. Good idea. But first, we should order food. If I eat, I'll never get anything done, Tina said. Danny ignored her. You want to ask the new girl what she's hungry for? Is she even here? I saw her come in and go straight to her room. Tina rolled her eyes. Figures. Hey, new girl. Did you want some food? She hollered down the hallway. Jesus, Tina. She has a name. Danny insisted. Tina sighed. She had only met Lucy a couple of times and didn't quite know what to make of her. The girl was timid and bookish. A natural redhead, fitting for a girl named Lucy, with fair skin and freckles, how unfortunate for her. She wore dark framed glasses that looked a size too large for her, and made Tina giggle at the way the girl goggled behind them like an owl or something. It was hard to get a sense of her body type, because she wore baggy hand-me-down clothing, in addition to her perpetual nervous expression. Lucy leaned out of her bedroom door a moment later. Oh, um, I was going to start my laundry in a minute. Her brow was pinched. She continued to look at them like she expected there to be more. Danny and Tina waited. When nobody spoke, Danny nudged Tina with her elbow. Tina sighed inwardly. Why did she always have to be the pack leader? Well, if you want to hold off for a bit, I have to do some too. I'll join you. That'd be nice. Lucy smiled meekly. It's kind of creepy down there. The laundry room was in the basement of the building, in a room just off of the stairs and storage area. It was an old building. None of the girls would argue with Lucy's assessment. Sure thing. Lucy smiled one last time and ducked back into her bedroom. Tina glared at Danny and shook her head in a happy now gesture. At least we won't have to worry about her throwing ragers and doing drugs and stuff. Danny whispered. Tina didn't feel as reassured by Danny's unbridled optimism. The truth was that quiet people sort of creeped her out. That was part of the reason that Tina and Danny didn't mind sharing a room and giving Lucy the only other bedroom in the apartment. They had known each other's habits for years, and they wanted to avoid the awkwardness of bunking with a new girl who might be weird. Pizza? Do you really think pizza is such a good idea? Tina asked. She pinched her own belly over her shirt and scowled at what she felt and saw. Oh please, we've been down this road. Danny waved her hand dismissively. You're hot. Yeah, but looks like fame and fortune are fleeting. A little pinch here, and little pinch there. That's how it starts. 
curvy, miss boobs and butt. Danny commented, ignoring Tina's concerns and reaching for the menus from Tony's Pizza down the street. The paper menu didn't show anything too out of the ordinary for an Italian pizza place subs, steak sandwiches, poppers, wings, cheese sticks, and of course, pizza. It was comfort food, but nothing terribly healthy. Honestly, I'd kill for what you've got. She meant it. Tina was a knockout. Exotic, with caramel-colored skin and wild wavy black hair, Tina had put a few adventurous streaks of blonde in it. Despite her complexion, she had bright green eyes that almost appeared yellow in certain lighting. She had a tiny nose and small pixie-like mouth. People often speculated on Tina's heritage, as did Danny. She could have been partially Italian, but not the kind of Italian that Danny was with the light skin. The good Italian with the dark tan complexion and wild raven locks. Sometimes Danny thought that Tina also had Latin blood in her, possibly a touch of Pacific Islander and some African-American heritage. Whatever the blend was, it worked, because Tina looked worldly, wild, and free. A traveler from distant lands who'd seen and done it all. And she was curvy. Holy shit was she curvy! Danny hadn't been blowing smoke. Tina had a sexy hourglass figure. Full perky D-cups that made any shirt look tight, and wide hips with a big apple butt, that again pointed to a possible Hispanic heritage, along with the fact that she was bold and confident enough to speak her mind. Thanks, Tina said, although she wasn't entirely sure she'd agree with that. Danny was very slim, built like a runner with a slender frame, narrow shoulders, and a naturally skinny body that made her jealous. She had perky B-cups that looked far easier to tote around than Tina's heavy chest. Her heart-shaped ass and fit legs added a perk to her step. Her dark Italian hair came almost to the small of her back, and her eyes were large and doe-like. And to round it out, Danny always seemed to be smiling. It was her sunny disposition, and the fact that she didn't have a mean bone in her body or a negative thing to say about anyone, that made people gravitate to her. In fact, in all of the years that Tina had known Danny, and seen friends and boys come and go, the only thing that people ever criticized was her voice. Despite her model-like looks, Danny's voice was very high-pitched, almost to an irritating degree. Girls at school, who were jealous of her looks, often referred to her as Minnie Mouse behind closed doors. Not that the insult needed to be secret. Danny was very aware of her voice. But she didn't really dwell on it. She just sort of shrugged it off. There's nothing I can do about it, so I may as well not worry about it she'd once said after a lengthy discussion during their freshman year about the things they would want to change about themselves. The girls had often joked that, for a day, they'd love to do a freaky Friday body swap, where Tina would get to try on Danny's slim athletic body, free of her heavy boobs and ass, and Danny would get to know what it was like to have eye-fetching curves. Of course, the voice thing was an issue, but Tina had come to know that flaw as something that gave Danny character, even if it came with a few problems. I'll buy if you order. Danny said, circling her choices on the menu. I don't need another restaurant thinking I'm a little kid. Fine. Danny made herself comfortable. In her yoga pants and fluffy socks, she folded her legs beneath her on the couch while Tina made the phone call. One day you're going to have to do this for yourself. She remarked. Maybe I'll take up smoking so I can get a raspy voice by then. Danny fired back. Lucy joined them a moment later, carrying her laundry basket. The sleeves of her baggy gray university hoodie came down past her hands. She headed for the door as quietly as she could, looking like she was hoping to sneak past them. I thought we were having dinner together? Danny asked, slightly disappointed that Lucy seemed to have a change of heart. Afterwards we can play a game. I think I have sorry or cards against humanity. 
she felt foolish. Trying to get an introvert to open up was like pulling teeth. Oh, I'll be right back, Lucy said. I was just going to get a few things started, and then I'm coming right back. Oh, okay. Danny offered an encouraging smile, and Lucy immediately bolted into the hallway. Tina merely shook her head. You tried. Let her go. Alone in the hallway, Lucy breathed a small sigh of relief. It wasn't that she didn't like Tina and Danny, but she didn't know them that well. The thought of some get-to-know-you kick that they were on put a lot of pressure on her. And she didn't quite like it. The alternative didn't seem so bad being by herself to do a few chores, even if it was a strange old house. The main hallway was dark, lit by sconces and lined with dark wood wainscoting. The carpet was more of a runner, and did nothing to mute the creaks and thumps that her sneakers made. The laundry room for the building was in the basement. The door stood open at the end of the hallway, beneath the main staircase that wound its way up and around. As she neared the basement, she startled when a man emerged. He had light shaggy hair and a scruff of beard. He was skinny, with sharp cheekbones and restless blue eyes. Oh! Lucy yelped out from reflex. Sorry you startled me. He offered her a shy nervous smile. There was definitely a bashfulness about him that Lucy recognized because she was much the same way. But the difference was, she was nineteen, and he looked about thirty-five. These things happen. He shrugged. He looked her up and down for a moment, and Lucy felt slightly self-conscious. Was he checking her out? That didn't seem possible. Lucy was not a girl who thrived with attention. Between her flaming red hair, and the glasses that she'd worn since she was in the fourth grade, she had never thought highly of her appearance. The prescription for her nearsightedness was tremendously bad bordering on legally blind. That would have been fine, but Lucy hadn't come for money, and her parents couldn't afford the stylish frames, or the advanced lenses that were thin. Really, her only option growing up was to endure the hardships of thick glasses that magnified her eyes, and the thick black frames that weren't even close to stylish she thought they made her look like a cartoon mouse who hid all day in the library reading books. Apparently her classmates had thought so too. There'd been a lot of teasing and name-calling. Six Eyes was probably the one that stung the most. The best way to avoid the slings and arrows growing up had been to stay off the radar to make herself as invisible as possible. She wore frumpy plain clothes with no logos hard to make fun of someone whose outfits were completely innocuous. It worked, mostly. People didn't look twice at her, even as her body started to develop. That was the true challenge. Lucy was not a slender girl, like her new roommate Danny. Her breast had taken shape, and by the time she reached high school, her boobs were enormous a cup size that was deep in the alphabet. That was one of the reasons she didn't wait for Tina her brow size made her self-conscious, and she didn't want Tina to see. Lucy also had wide hips on her frame, and though she would never be classified as a heavy girl, she had a little tummy to her that was always going to be there. High school had been a nightmare to try to find clothing that hit it all, and once, during gym class— her classmates had seen enough of her figure to come up with a whole new slew of insults for her. They referred to her breasts as udders and called her Bessie. Although those days were mercifully behind her, she could never quite shrug off the embarrassment. Maybe that was why she was nervous around Danny and Tina. They were both so pretty that next to them, she felt like a ghoul. It wouldn't surprise her if they were both popular girls in school. And them being so nice and inclusive with her was not something she was used to. It scared her, because she felt like it was the build-up to a cruel joke. They lure her in with kindness, and when her guard finally came down, they'd revert back to old habits. 
She knew it was unfair to assume that that wasn't how the real world worked, but it was why she preferred to avoid people. And now here was this man in the hallway, looking her over. She naturally inched the wash basket higher up to cover her chest. He blinked, still looking shy, himself. I'm Rob. I'm up on 3A. He didn't offer to shake hands. That was fine. Lucy, um, 1A. She tilted her head back over her shoulder. I know. He started to say, then caught himself. I mean, I saw you moving in yesterday. He blinked, then caught himself again. Not that I was watching you. I just meant that I noticed the moving van. She smiled, slightly amused by his fumblings. Okay, maybe she wasn't the only one here with a touch of social anxiety. It's okay. I know what you meant. Rob sighed with relief. Good. I guess we'll probably see each other a lot then. She laughed nervously. Probably not. I like to keep to myself. He blinked and glanced at his feet. Oh, me too. She thought for a second. Was that bitchy? It sounded bitchy. Oh God, does he think I'm a bitch? Well, I won't hold you up. It was nice meeting you, he said. Rob stole one final glance at her and darted away. Lucy hurried into the basement, replaying the conversation in her head and mentally berating her own replies to his simple questions. Some of them had been kind of stupid, and the more she thought them over, the more she reddened. She descended the basement stairs. They were old and rickety, and by the time she reached the bottom, she suddenly forgot about her awkward encounter with her new neighbor. Taking in the extent of the basement, Lucy sort of regretted not waiting for Tina. The old basement was definitely eerie. It was split into several rooms, divided by ancient brick and stone mason walls to support the full weight of the house above. They were crumbling in places. The main room was tenant storage, a long cavernous room lined with chain-link cages to keep out the sticky fingers of thieves. Not that there was anything worth stealing inside. Each apartment unit had a cage assigned to it. Most of them were filled with junk holiday decorations, empty boxes of electronics still under warranty, mountain bikes and outdoor gear. Tubi had some weights and gym equipment, including a tired-looking punching bag. 2A contained some old toys and Rubbermaid containers, and orthopedic devices crutches and a wheelchair, most likely outgrown now. Lucy was slightly curious about the man she just met, and couldn't resist taking a peek at the cage for 3A. Like everyone else, it was mostly old holiday decorations and junk. She spied some dusty old computer equipment, and a monstrous stack of pages and books. In fact, there were boxes of books, all the same covers, but she couldn't quite make out titles or author names. But she didn't want to linger long. The cage for 3A was near the far wall. The floor was just dirt in this area, and nearby was an old wooden door set halfway into the floor at the bottom of a short set of stairs. It gave her a chill. Lucy hurried away. The layout of the basement was convoluted and maze-like. Multiple rooms that branched in all directions for the furnace, for water heaters, for utilities, and tools. The laundry room was thankfully the most welcoming. It was brightly lit with sterile white fluorescence, and lined along two walls with multiple washers and dryers. They were all coin-operated, and Lucy set her basket down on the table in the middle of the room while she fished for her change. She grabbed a machine for herself, and stuffed her oversized brows inside, before anyone else could come down here and judge her body. Once the machine began to fill, Lucy hurried from the basement. By the time she returned to Danny and Tina, she couldn't be sure, but she felt a little relief to be in their company. Robert Bradford took the stairs two at a time. He raced back to his apartment unit. The interaction with Lucy was still replaying in his mind. 
God, how are you so bad at talking to women? Rob belittled himself as he hurried past the second landing. It's almost like you were built to be creepy and off-putting. He swore. You managed to out-awkward an awkward girl. He hit the final landing, eyeing Kelsey's cute Halloween door. She hadn't said a word about the events of yesterday. It was like she didn't even remember or know it happened. Rob wasn't sure if he was relieved to have gotten away with it, or sad that she hadn't fucked him out of her own free will. Not that Rob would turn down crazy wild sex like that, but he always hoped that if a girl like Kelsey was going to bed with him, it was because she wanted to. He bolted across the hall and into his apartment. Kelsey was at work right now. His hasty departure wasn't out of concern for bumping into her, or even to get away from Lucy. Their interaction reminded Rob of someone, and he desperately wanted to look up who, before it escaped him. The fact is, Rob couldn't get the thought of Lucy's body out of his head. While Kelsey in 3B was the cutie of his dreams, Lucy had her own appeal. Even beneath those layers of baggy clothing, Rob could tell the potential that her body had. She was curvy, but in ways that made his cock instantly come to life. Even now, he could feel his libido screaming to him. He had to forgive the terrible pun, but Lucy was juicy. Huge knockers and wide hips. What the hell was her name? Rob's memory cycled through the Rolodex of porn stars and actresses that he fancied, as he typed on his computer. Working from home as a writer came with its perks one of them being that Rob logged a lot of time with porn. Found her, he declared as the image gallery came into view. Cody Vore. She was an adult actress with a body almost exactly like Lucy's. A short, thick girl with huge natural melons the size of cantaloupes. And he thought Kelsey was busted. Good God, Lucy put her to shame. Lucy had a wide hips, a big ass, and thick thighs. She'd definitely never fall under the category of fat, but she had a little belly to her that in no way was a turn-off. But unlike Cody Vore, Lucy had wild red hair, librarian glasses, a shy nervous expression, and freckles. He imagined those freckles went all the way down to her enormous rack. And also unlike Cody, Lucy was physically here, in his building. Despite the fact that she was just a college girl, he knew then that he wanted her. His cock was making that abundantly clear. It was pressing through his jeans, throbbing warmly against his thigh. He shut his eyes, imagining all sorts of various scenarios as his hand went to his bulge. He started to rub. After a second, he grumbled. It was no use. He was aroused, he was sexually frustrated, and after yesterday, he craved the real thing. Especially on a girl built like Lucy. He eyed his computer with curious interest. He knew it would be wrong. If it was really true, if he really had this power, to use it would be very wrong. But he needed it. He needed to do it again more than he needed anything. And besides, it might not even work. Yesterday could have been a simple freak thing. Just an anomaly. I'm just going to do an experiment, he said aloud. Nothing wrong with a harmless experiment. Lucy had rushed through pizza with the girls. Tina and Danny had asked her a lot of questions. Lucy had tried her best to be conversational, but the fact was that she still wasn't fully comfortable around them. She was self-critic of everything she said, and though she was hungry, decided it best to limit her slices. Tina and Danny were both fit, and she didn't want to be the hog of the group. Plus, she had other things on her mind like getting back to the washer and retrieving her undies before anyone saw. What she hadn't been expecting as she descended the basement stairs was to find someone waiting for her in the laundry area. Oh, hello. She offered Rob a nervous smile. It took her a moment to digest the scene. 
On top of one of the nearest dryers, Rob had apparently set up a computer. Was he that protective of his dirty clothes that he needed to hang out down here while he waited for the washer to stop? He looked out of breath, but regardless, he offered her a smile. Hi, Lucy. There was a moment of apology on his face. But then his eyes wandered over her body. He turned and began to feverishly type. Well, that was awkward, Tina commented, gathering up her clothes that hadn't been washed before the big move. Danny sat on the bed. Her eyes were large, filled with wishful thinking. Maybe she's got a lot on her mind. I don't think she likes me very much, Tina replied. You saw the way she scampered off after dinner. She probably wanted to get back to her laundry. Maybe she's afraid somebody will steal her stuff. Danny, she barely acknowledged me. You saw how every time I'd ask her a question or compliment her, she'd withdraw like I was winding up to hit her. Danny shrugged, kicking her feet idly back and forth. You have kind of a big personality. You're intimidating. Plus, you're very pretty, so that probably doesn't help. So are you, Tina insisted. She'd be pretty too if she knew her potential. Tina thrust her dirty clothes into her basket with such frustration that Danny recoiled. Please don't hold her down and give her a makeover. Danny forced the chuckle. I'm going to have a talk with her downstairs. Tina, don't. Danny pleaded. She's just shy. You'll scare her away. I don't care, Tina replied. We signed the lease. We all have to live with each other. I'm not going to spend the next year of my life tiptoeing around in my own home, just because shy girl has some insecurity issues. She can get the fuck over it, so we can all be friends. Danny smirked thoughtfully. Tina paused on her way out the door. What? What's so damn funny? Danny just shrugged mildly. With that attitude, I'm just starting to wonder how you landed me as a friend. Isn't it obvious? I intimidated you into it. Tina smiled to herself as she headed out into the hallway. Be nice to her. Danny called. I'm a nice, damn it. Tina shouted back. Despite their banter, Tina really didn't have any intention of intimidating Lucy. She knew how to have a heart-to-heart, and she figured the sooner they cleared the air and faced the awkward tension between the three of them, the sooner they could make their apartment feel like a home. That was what Tina strove for she wanted their place to be like the setting of a sitcom a home of comfort, familiarity, and laughter. The central hub. She headed down the hall and descended the basement stairs. It was dank and dark. She scowled at the cobwebs that hung from the single bulb as they brushed her face and hair. Reaching the dirty basement floor, she could hear the pleasant hum and slosh of the machines in the next room. The sterile fluorescent bulbs spilled out of the open door from the laundry area. But so did something else. She heard a man's voice coming out in a soft, wet whisper. You have some bayig dash. His voice was lost to the machines in the room. Tina paused. Who was that? She crept up to the door and peered into the laundry area. She almost gasped as she fought to not drop her laundry basket in complete shock. In the next room was a man she hadn't met one of the other tenants. Pale and gaunt. And across from him, standing completely nude, was Lucy. What the hell was she doing? Was this why she had insisted on coming down here alone? Because she was in some weird fling with a man? Even weirder, there was a computer set up on one of the machines behind him, and a wireless keyboard grasped in his hand. Your tits are fucking huge. Rob admired them. Even in the sterile lighting of the basement laundry area, they were huge and luscious. Lucy looked meekly back at him, her body presented like an offering. Her huge boobs had big pink nipples. The freckles on her face matched the splash of ones that kissed the top of her breasts.
They definitely stole the show, which was a shame, because Rob thought the girl's body was all around delightful. Lucy may not be fit like Kelsey, but the little roll to her belly was very normal and slightly adorable. A tuft of red hair above her womanhood matched the red curls on her head. And to Rob's surprise, a tiny tattoo on her hip hinted at a desperate attempt for her to break out of her shell and be a rebellious young woman. It was a four-leaf clover. Of course it was. Why do you hide your body behind such baggy frumpy clothing? He asked her. Before she could answer, he feverishly typed. It was an experiment. He had to know his level of control. Instead of typing out exactly what he wanted Lucy to say in reply, he kept it vague. The girl's expression was earnest as she answered honestly. Rob pressed enter. He didn't type any more than that. He was curious if he had to control every single word she spoke, or if she would draw upon her memories and offer up something personal about herself. He wanted to test the limits of free will if she would divulge information that he couldn't possibly know, or if she was just 100% a puppet on a string. The girls in school were mean to me. Lucy answered, there was a sweet, almost hesitation to the way she said it. They made fun of me, of my body. They called them cow udders, and called me things like Bessie. Did that hurt your feelings? Rob asked, without typing a word. She still hadn't fully answered the question. Only divulged the details. Yes, she admitted. I thought there was something wrong with me. I wore clothes that hid everything, so it would be harder to make fun of me. For a moment, Rob was conflicted. He could relate to being outcast. But at the same time, he was turned on. Even the vulgar names that were used to describe her body. It was horrible, but it was so bad that it stirred his cock to life. The vulgarity, the cruelty, he was hardening in his pants. He hurriedly typed, despite her humiliation, recalling the cruel remarks began to arouse her. For the first time in her life, she found herself liking it. He looked up at her, and she was biting her lip, her eyes in the throes of some memory. That turns you on, doesn't it? He asked. Saying it out loud. Her cheeks reddened, but she nodded slowly, her expression a mask of embarrassed guilt. It had worked. Rob had been able to alter her emotions with vague sentences. Not just her specific actions were on the table, like a programmed robot. Long-term lasting effects might also be possible. He wasn't sure how all of this was happening, but he didn't much care. He'd been gifted something wonderful. The how and the why wasn't all that important. What was important was what he did with it and Rob was far from a superhero with morals. He was a man with needs. His heart pounded. He was crossing the line, and he knew it. But he was too turned on to stop. The sex with Kelsey had been unbelievable. He'd never had such a wild time in his life. Now he wanted to do it again, and this girl with her big heavy rack and curves, she looked like she could take a pounding. Does it make you wet when I tell you how fucking hot your enormous milkers are? Lucy blushed again her eyes glancing to the floor, but her hand wandered down to her pussy and felt herself. She came away soaked. It does, she admitted. Rob typed one last thing into the computer. He figured this might be greedy and ambitious of him. Maybe it wouldn't even work like if a magic genie offered him a wish, and he used it to wish for more wishes. Lucy didn't know this man, but she had fallen under his spell. Her personality wouldn't change. She was hardly a robot, but she would give herself over to him in any way that he wanted, without question. And she would respond to his will, his desires, and his commands. Rob had written love scenes before, and was aware of the ways to skim over them without going into specific step-by-step details. Maybe a vague skimming would work just as well in real life. 
he set aside his keyboard and began to test this. I want you to sit up on that table and spread your legs. Lucy walked on trembling legs. She was still blushing, her expression one of sincere arousal and also nervous embarrassment. She was shocked she was doing this, but she was also turned on. There was nothing robotic or slave-like about this. She wasn't catatonic, and her eyes weren't vacant. This was as real as it could possibly get, despite the complete lack of free will a perfectly simulated illusion. She hopped up on the table, planted herself nervously on the edge, and spread her legs, revealing her wetness to him. She even took the initiative to rub her hand up to one of her tits hefting it, and giving it a squeeze. Do you touch yourself a lot? He asked her. She bit her lip and nodded, pinching her nipple harder. A soft squeaky moan escaped her throat. You look like you do. He smiled, letting his hand wander down to his bulge as it printed through his pants. Just beyond the doorway, Tina had no idea what she was seeing, but she was positive that it was something unnatural. Tina never believed in the supernatural or magic tricks. She thought powers of the mind and hypnosis were about as real David Copperfield making the Statue of Liberty vanish. Hell, she even thought psychiatry was just a simple trick for the weak, and only worked for those who wanted to believe in it. She had spent her life grounded in reality. But she had no explanation for what she was seeing now. This man had made Lucy do a complete 180 just by typing on his computer. It didn't make any sense, and she wasn't even sure she believed it while it happened right in front of her eyes. But she knew was that she definitely didn't want to be here. Tina's heart was pounding. Yet she couldn't look away. She had so many questions that her curiosity, or her own fear, kept her feet planted where she stood. She stayed hidden in the shadows, watching as Lucy sat in a vile pose. The red-headed student mashed her big heavy tits in each hand, rolling her nipples between her fingers. She was biting her bottom lip, staring at Rob with an expression that was pouty and desperate. Her flesh yielded like bread dough. Does Bessie need to be milked? He couldn't resist commenting. The cruelty was something new. But when she made no effort to move, to slap him, to dress and run off, he realized that it felt kind of good. The lack of consequences renewed his feelings of power and control. She blushed again, but almost immediately let out another soft, sweet moan. She nodded. Rob's hand undid his pants and he reached inside, producing his swollen cock. Lucy gasped. Lucky for Tina because she had gasped at the same instant. Tina had assumed this skinny weirdo wouldn't be packing much. Not that Tina thought of herself as a slut, but she'd been around the block a few times and done a few shameful things. This guy was packing a serious monster that hardly looked proportional for his frame. It swelled quickly. Rob pumped it in his fist. Do you ever suck on your own nipples while you touch yourself? He asked. Lucy nodded to herself, and she showed him. She mashed one of her big breasts upward tilted her head down and ran her tongue in circles around her nipple. She never took her eyes off of Rob, peering at him over the rim of her glasses. You've been doing that for years, haven't you? He asked. He barely recognized his own voice. Lust had taken over and these feelings of power made him forget completely about his normal social anxiety. Licking your own tanker tits. She nodded. You're going to be licking my load off of them by the end of the night, Rob said, growing bolder by the moment. The words so abrupt, they startled Tina. And to her horror, the laundry basket she was carrying slipped from her arms and clattered to the basement floor. Rob spun and time stood still the author with his huge cock out, and Tina in the doorway, her eyes huge like a deer in headlights. Oh shit, Tina said. She turned and bolted. Wait. 
Rob barked after her. Tina didn't wait. She ran through the basement, her sneakers pattering off of the cement floor. She took the rickety old stairs two at a time, the muscles in her legs steering her away with one single-minded goal she had to get away from this creep, lest she end up like Lucy. Her instincts kicking in and fight or flight taking over. Rob didn't chase her. Instead, he hurried to his keyboard. He didn't know if this would work. Didn't know if any of this would work. But he knew how this looked. And if she'd been watching him, she was aware that Lucy wasn't exactly operating under her own free will. He needed to do something. What if she got out of the house? Could he still control her? Did this device have a range? What if she came back with help, or the police? Could he control multiple people? An entire police force? Hell, he didn't even know if he could control more than one person at a time. Maybe with Lucy under his spell, he wouldn't be able to make Tina stop. But he needed to find out. He could hear her running on the boards above his head. Tina raced down the hallway, toward her apartment, toward the front doors. Her heart was pounding. Her shaking legs felt like rubber. She wasn't sure how she wasn't falling down from fear. Ten more feet. She opened her mouth to scream for help. And suddenly she stopped dead in her tracks, frozen and unmoving. Then slowly... Tina turned around and walked back to the basement. Rob picked up his laptop keyboard and typed ferociously. Finally, he glanced up. Despite the intruder's initial reaction to run away, her own curiosity overcame her instincts of self-preservation. In a change of heart, she froze in the hallway, considered what had seen, and without another word, she returned to the basement. Rob stared at the words on the computer monitor for a long time, for an eternity, it seemed. Had it worked? He had no fucking clue. He looked at the redhead on the table. She was still softly touching herself, but even she sensed something was wrong and had begun to slow her roaming hands. Maybe he had gotten carried away. Maybe he ought to pack up and leave town right now. But then movement caught his eye. The college girl with the dark curly hair stepped into the room like a sleepwalker in a trance. Rob took a deep breath. The relief that washed over him was incredible. And a moment later, It was followed by something even better the realization that he had absolute control. Both Lucy and her roommate were responsive to his commands. Maybe the whole building could be. But that was an experiment for another day. For now, he let himself get a good look at this new arrival. The girl who had caught him and Lucy was dark and exotic. Her hair was wild and her eyes were piercing. Not only that, but she had a knockout hourglass-shaped big tits, big-ass, slim waist. Obviously, she wasn't as busted as Lucy, but her body was more of the type to be sought after. What's your name, dear? He asked with a smile. Tina, the newcomer said, staring blankly. Tina, how sweet. Tell me, Tina, are you into women? He asked. She shook her head, her curls slapping lightly off of her cheeks. Rob's evil smile spread across his face. Well, you are now. He began to type. Rob stood in the basement laundry room. He'd shed his clothing completely something he wouldn't dream of doing before. Being completely naked, even in his own apartment, was something that made him feel vulnerable. But that didn't matter now. If someone walked in, well they'd simply find themselves joining the fun. He leaned against one of the machines, his rock-hard cock in his hand, stroking it slowly. He didn't want a repeat of last time with Kelsey, and what was happening in front of him was far more exciting than any porn he'd ever seen. He'd never had two women at the same time before, and though things hadn't started yet, his whole body shook excitedly at the anticipation. 
He considered writing about the third roommate still upstairs, coming down to join them, but all of this was still new to Rob. Juggling two women on paper and in real life was a challenge enough. Later, he decided. With more practice, he'd progress into the world of orgies. For now, he had more than enough to keep him entertained. Tina had stripped off her clothing completely and had climbed onto the table with Lucy. The two girls knelt in front of each other, their complexions contrasting pleasantly one bronze and the other porcelain. They hadn't started yet. Rob was going to guide them through this. They merely faced each other. Have you ever touched another woman before, Tina? Rob asked. The girl swallowed. Her sincerity was part of his narration. He didn't want robots, after all. She shook her head, regarding Lucy's naked body. Lucy, what do you think of Tina's body? Answer honestly. Rob stressed with a smile. Lucy blushed and let her nervous eyes glance over Tina. She's so hot. I wish I could look like her. She's too perfect. I'm very intimidated by her. I don't know what to say when she even looks at me. Touch her, Rob commented. Face that fear. Lucy hesitated only for a moment, then reached out a trembling hand and began to run her fingers over Tina's curves tracing them around her collarbone, then down the swell of her large breasts. Tina's breathing was hard and deep. She watched Lucy with excited, bewildered eyes. Her flesh broke out in goosebumps from Lucy's light touch. Lucy traced her fingers around Tina's dark nipples until they stood erect. Do you want to kiss her, Lucy? Rob asked. I do, she admitted, her eyes shining with guilt and embarrassment. Do it, Rob urged. Tina swallowed, her eyes wide as Lucy leaned in. Her red curls fell across Tina's face as their lips met. They both moaned softly as their nervous mouths came together for the first time. Rob pumped his cock as he watched. Both girls were breathing hard. Their kissing was soft at first, but soon they both began to open up. Lucy overcame her shyness and Tina overcame her hesitation. They leaned into each other. Tina's hand came up and wrapped around the back of Lucy's head, her fingers tangling through her red curls. Their eyes shut, their mouths opened, and their tongues began to roll and play together. Rob knew it would happen like this, but he hadn't choreographed everything. He had merely typed a nonspecific guide, and now it was playing out before his very eyes. As the girls grew more aggressive and urgent with their kissing, their breasts met. Their large melons sliding across each other's as they started to moan and writhe on the table. Lucy inched closer, straddling one of Tina's strong thighs as they embraced. Their kissing going from tentative taboo to passionate and urgent. Their lust was overtaking them. Lucy's hips began to move. She was grinding her pussy against Tina's bare thigh, coating her brown skin with her wetness. In turn, the sensation was fueling Tina's lust. Her inner tiger was coming out always the one in control. Her hands pulled at Lucy's hair. Lucy may have been the instigator, but Tina was the aggressor. It wasn't long before both girls were locked tightly together as they made out. Their tongues made wet kissing sounds as their bodies pressed hard. Lucy's tits dragged up and down Tina's rack skin on skin, moving slowly and sensually. Their thighs tangled together, their bodies constantly moving as they grinded on each other. It called to Rob's mind high-priced strippers putting on a show in any mobster movie. Only these were innocent neighbors, and they were putting on a show in the dirty basement of his apartment. Rob stroked himself harder, his cock pulsing excitedly with his racing heartbeat. Eventually Tina's true sexual self took over and she pushed Lucy backward on the table. Lucy yelped as Tina practically tackled her, pinning her to the surface where so many tenants would fold their nice clean clothes. 
Tina kissed Lucy hard, then began to make her way down her body. She dragged her tongue across Lucy's pale skin. Her piercing, almost yellow eyes stared up at her victim. Lucy moaned and squirmed in pleasure as Tina's warm lips kissed and licked their way around first to her big tits. Tina's tongue snaked out and darted in quick little circles around Lucy's nipple. Boohoo! Lucy cooed in pleasure, her soft, innocent voice gasping. Then Tina's lips peeled back and she began to gently bite, making Lucy's voice cry out pleasantly. Lucy is self-conscious about her tits, Rob told Tina. Does she have anything to be ashamed of? Mmm, fuck no, Tina murmured, her attention focused on the soccer ball-sized breast. You should show them off more. You should show off this entire hot body way more, Tina said, and to emphasize her point, she slid her hand down Lucy's tummy and down between her legs. Lucy jumped and let out a high-pitched, Oh, as Tina assertively thrust her fingers into Lucy's wetness. I have a feeling that she might, Rob smiled, watching as Tina switched to Lucy's other breast, all the while pushing her fingers in and out of Lucy. The girl writhed and squirmed and moaned on the table. Rob couldn't stop himself any longer. If he didn't get in on this now, he would explode. He stepped up to the table, turned Lucy's head until her gasping mouth was face to face with his throbbing cock. Then he pushed himself into her parted lips. She accepted his member with just the slightest hesitation, and Rob knew that a shy outcast girl like Lucy didn't do this sort of thing often. That was fine. Rob enjoyed crossing new boundaries. Suck it, Lucy. She nodded her head her eyes wide and her mouth agape as Rob pumped his cock in and out of her lips. She wasn't really sucking, so much as just struggling to keep up with the giant cock that Rob was pushing in and out of her mouth. He leaned his head back and moaned, her sweet little moans muffled by the shaft in her mouth. Tina's dark curls trailed down Lucy's tummy, tickling her and making her gasp and wiggle. Tina made her way lower, until she was kneeling in front of Lucy's wetness. Tina never stopped working her fingers in and out of Lucy. She was soaked. Tina lowered her mouth and tasted Lucy, licking the juices from her fingers before pushing her mouth against Lucy's body. Her tongue probed and licked, and found Lucy's clit, focusing all of its attention on that. Lucy cried out in pleasure, her moans vibrating their way up Rob's shaft in pleasant tickles. Rob and Tina grew more aggressive. Lucy wiggled and squirmed under Tina's hungry mouth and stabbing fingers. But when Lucy would try to move, Tina's free hand shot up and pushed the girl back down on the table. Lay still, slut. She looked up from between Lucy's thick thighs and barked at her. Lucy lay back and down and resumed sucking at Rob's cock like a nursing calf. Rob couldn't take it much longer. Something about the girl's innocence was bringing out his inner animal. He scooted her closer to the edge of the table until her head hung backward off it. He put his hands on her shoulders and began to fuck her face. She swallowed him down, struggling to keep up. His cock hit the back of her throat, and she made soft, glugging sounds with each thrust. He didn't relent, reaching forward to grasp her enormous tits. Take it, Bessie, he growled, gripping her by the tits and slapping them together. They made heavy, meaty sounds as they clapped together. Take this cock, you fucking dairy cow. His hips turned to a blur, his balls slapping against Lucy's forehead. He had never fucked like this before so aggressive and unapologetic. He didn't even know himself in this moment. Lucy was moaning and whimpering sweetly against their combined assault. Tina busy between her legs, aggressively finger-fucking and licking. And Rob, pounding her mouth, slapping her tits around. I ought to make you walk through the halls of this building, completely naked, showing every single person here these giant milk bags. Would you like that, Bessie? 
being shown off like my prized cow. He wasn't sure if it was something in his words, or from Tina hungrily feasting on the girl's clit, or in the magic of Rob's vague storyboard, but Lucy suddenly screamed through the cock in her mouth. Her back arch coming off of the table, and her fingers and toes clenched. Rob watched as Lucy's hips bucked and spasmed, lifting off the tabletop and pushing against Tina's mouth repeatedly for several exciting seconds. Finally Lucy's moans trailed off, and her body settled. When Tina came up for air, Rob was delighted to see her face and mouth were soaked with Lucy's juices. The red-headed student had really come hard. Tina ran her tongue in a circle around her full lips to taste it all, then she gave Rob a long sensual smile. Rob wagged her forward with his finger, and Tina crawled like a panther back up Lucy's body before laying on top of her roommate. Rob slid his cock from Lucy's lips, letting her come up for air. When he offered it to Tina, the girl parted her lips and took him deep, her head bobbing eagerly and expertly on his staff. Her dark curls flopped and slapped against Rob's body. He moaned. Your turn to tell me a few things about yourself. He said as he reached for his keyboard and typed up a few more commands. When he was satisfied this would play out like it had with Lucy, he looked down at Tina as she swallowed up his cock. You suck a lot of dick, don't you? Tina glared up at him with those penetrating eyes. She nodded her head. What was the one you're most ashamed of? Rob prodded for answers. She took his cock out of her mouth long enough to answer. My literature professor. She replied as she stroked Rob's member. His cock was slick with the saliva of both girls. He's elderly. She said after a second before plunging her mouth back down on him. You did it for the grades? MMMHMMM. She declared enthusiastically as she gobbled him up. Rob knew her type. Academic and grade conscientious. The kind of girl who would do anything to not let down mommy, daddy, and most of all, herself. She would cheat just for a meaningless letter on a page. The ends justified the means. You didn't do it for the grades. He responded. You did it because you're a slut. He reached over her body and gave her ass a slap. She let out a muted cry around his throbbing member. You did it because you liked it. He said severely. You enjoyed the power over someone who you hold in high esteem. You enjoyed reducing a man of knowledge into a horny pervert. But more than any of that, you enjoyed having a dick in your mouth. Because you're a slut. She sucked eagerly, her lips working faster and faster her hair wildly beating against his pelvis. M. Mum. She declared. He slapped her ass again. Say it. Rob ordered her. I'm a slut. She cried out his cock half in her mouth, making her slur her words. Her saliva dribbled down to Lucy's upturned face. Lucy was licking gently at Rob's balls as they hung over her. I bet your father would be so fucking ashamed of you if he knew the kinds of things you did, Rob said, slapping her ass again. Tina's mouth returned to Rob's cock. He would. She cried out between hard slaps. I bet he'd punish you like I am. This seemed to set off a whole new reaction from Tina. She laced her legs through Lucy's and she started to involuntarily grind her snatch against Lucy's leg. Yeah, you like the thought of daddy manhandling you? Rob slapped her ass again, and Tina's hips shook, gripping Lucy tighter, rubbing herself harder. She could only moan and gasp as she bobbed her head aggressively on Rob's cock. Daddy, in a rage, not seeing his girl like the princess he always has. Seeing her like a common whore who needs to be put in her place. Rob snarled, enjoying the power he was having over the girls not just controlling them for his sexual pleasure, but the fact that he was hitting on all the right things that would set them off. In this case, the mention of Tina's father was bringing her closer and closer to the brink. 
The girls were dragging their tongues along either side of Rob's cock now. Tina's body sliding against Lucy, aggressively humping the timid redhead. The table beneath them shook and wobbled. Rob ran his hand down Tina's backside and gave her plump ass one final good crack. Maybe the next time daddy comes to visit. I'll make him sit watch what kind of bad girl you really are. Would you like that? Would you like showing him the whore you really are? It was too much for Tina. Her legs tightened around Lucy's thigh and squeezed. Her body greedily humping her leg for as much pleasure as she possibly could. She was practically riding her roommate. She went into convulsions, her back arched, and she threw her head back and moaned. Her voice rolled through the basement as she climaxed from the foreplay alone. Rob smiled, pleased with himself. Both girls down. It was his turn. As Tina's orgasm subsided, he ordered them both off the table. Present yourselves to me, he demanded. The girls obeyed. They clambered back down, and each took a position in front of side-by-side machines, bent forward, arms braced, and asses thrust out to him. Shy, timid Rob felt the power over others for the first real time in his life. They did everything, he said, and right now, existed only to please him. He went from one to the other, appraising their bodies, and probing their wet holes, trying to decide who was more worthy of him first. He picked Tina. He wanted to go while her pussy was freshly soaked from her orgasm. He grabbed her hips, letting his hands wrap around her waist, and he pulled her into his thrust, sinking his hard unprotected manhood into her body. Oh! She moaned as he took her. Reminds you of your professor? He grunted through clenched teeth. He drove his dick all the way forward into her, until his hips came to rest against her big soft ass. The warmth of her yielding flesh drove him wild. He hadn't felt this kind of pleasure before, from a woman this out of his league. Yes! She cried out. She clung to the dryer as Rob began to thrust with animalistic aggression. His body running on pure instinct, lust, and literally years of pent-up, underutilized sexuality. Makes you think of your father, doesn't it? Rob pressed. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck shit, yes. Tina cried out, throwing her head back in pleasure. She flicked her hair wildly back out of face Rob could tell the way her pussy instantly grew sopping wet that he was onto something. The mention of her father alone made her hips gyrate from side to side as she thrust backward to meet his pounding. Her ass jiggled with each hard slap as their bodies collided. Then showed daddy how bad his girl really is. Rob grabbed Tina's hair and turned her head until she found herself staring into Lucy's face. Lucy, who was patiently awaiting her turn, bent over the machine next to them. Tina didn't hesitate this time. She grabbed Lucy by the back of the head and pulled her into a lusty and debaucherous kiss. Tina shut her eyes and dragged her tongue across Lucy's lips before forcing it into her mouth. Lucy caught on quickly and went willingly, the two of them making out, all for Rob's benefit, as they gave themselves over to him. He continued his hard assault on Tina's pussy as he reached over with two fingers and drove them between Lucy's legs. She jumped for a moment, then continued to kiss Tina in a passionate makeout, while Rob fucked her snatch with his fingers. Both girls were moaning loudly, his personal sluts his harem, and the basement, their den of sin. He was pleasantly surprised at how juicy Lucy was. Her pussy sloshed against his aggressive finger-fucking. Tina's body just as wet, wrapped tightly around Rob's tool. The washing machine shook as though from an unbalanced load. He fucked her long and hard for several minutes before pulling out of her with a playful slap on the ass. He turned to Lucy, pulled her upright and spun her around to face him. The surprise in her expression drove him on. He picked her up, and sat her on the edge of the washing machine. 
Fuck me, please, she begged. It was her turn and she was pleading for it. Tina and Rob each took one of her huge juicy tits, hefting it, feeling the weight, and started to suck and lick. Tina smiled at Rob as she raked her teeth across Lucy's breast like a lusty vampire. And with that wild hair and those exotic eyes, she might very well have been. Feed us first, Bessie. Tina took up Rob's insult as she teased the pale redhead with her mouth. Lucy let out a gasp and a small squeal of pleasure. Her feet kicked at the air, desperate for some form of release. Both Rob and Tina sucked hungrily at her nipples for several minutes, until the girl could hardly take it. She was gasping and cooing and squealing in desperation before long. And only when she was driven absolutely crazy, then Rob was ready for her. He stood and pushed her thick thighs apart as far as they'd go. Grabbing her by the ass, he pulled her into him, feeding his cock into her body. She leaned her head back, bracing her arms on the machine behind her, as Rob pulled her ass and hips off into space. She threw her legs around his waist, her toes curling as he sank himself into her wetness. God, she was juicy and ready. She enveloped him and he slid deep and easily, her slick body devouring him. Tina couldn't pull herself away from Lucy. Her mouth stayed locked around Lucy's plump boob, still feasting on it as Rob's hips found the rhythm, delivering his member into her body with thrusts that sent her curves bouncing and jiggling. Lucy's red curls hung heavily with sweat. Her glasses were steaming up. Her big eyes even bigger behind the lenses, watched this man take her with a sense of disbelief. Her voice sang out her pleasure each time his cock filled her up. Rob thought that sex like this only existed in movies. The three of them were sweating, sex drunk. They couldn't stop touching each other. Lucy's hair clung to her forehead and her shoulders. Tina's was hanging over her face, tracing lines over Lucy's pale skin as she sucked at the girl's plump breasts. Lucy's tits jumped and jiggled. Her flesh rippled. Her legs were locked so tightly around Rob's waist, he thought she might squeeze him to death. He pistoned into her, his cock a mad blur, until the girl was nearly squealing with uninhibited pleasure. That's it, Bessie. Tina used her hands to help push her deeper and deeper against Rob. That's it. Come for him. Her words only intensified the timid librarian-looking student's orgasm. Rob felt a wet mess between their bodies as her pussy gripped him, quivering around his thrusts, convulsing. She had come hard a second time, and it had been just as wet as the one she'd left on Tina's face. Lucy fought to catch her breath. My turn, he panted, out of breath. He was growing tired. He wouldn't have the stamina to continue much longer. That was just as well. His cock was swelling, tingling pleasantly. His member was throbbing, on the brink of his own pent-up orgasm. Do it! Tina's demanding attitude urged him. Give it to us! She cried, and before Rob could offer any instructions, she dropped to her knees beside Rob. Her head thrown back, her face tilted up to him, her mouth expectantly open and her eyes staring through him. Had he done that? He didn't remember writing anything about a porn-like money shot, but here it was. She even cupped her big tits, like she was holding them up to him, awaiting the delivery of his seed. That image alone was enough to set Rob off. He pulled out of Lucy, and she dropped to her knees beside Tina, mirroring her posture. Rob stood over them, admiring his handiwork. In all of his life, he never believed he'd ever be in a position like this with two gorgeous bustous sluts kneeling before him like his personal sex servants. But here they were, openly accepting every sexual urge he had. He hovered his cock in front of them as they cupped their breasts out for him, held their mouths open, regarded him through heavy lusty lidded eyes. He only had to stroke his slick cock a few times. 
he was ready to burst. The first shot went wild come streaking across Tina's forehead and landing in her wild hair. She didn't even flinch. Yes, she purred. The second shot found its mark on her tongue. The next one landed on breasts, like glazed icing on her sweet bronze skin. Rope after rope followed in quick succession. He aimed these at Lucy, giving her glasses a thick coating that he honestly didn't know he had in him. His legs trembled. He felt dizzy sex drunk from a fuck session that was more intense than his wildest dreams. He coaxed the last heavy drops of sperm from his cock with long strokes. They pattered onto Lucy's chest, running down her big milkers until they came to rest on her nipples. Rob sighed in pleasure, even as Tina leaned forward and used her tongue to chase these stray drops down Lucy's flesh. The redhead giggled and purred. Rob blinked, suddenly exhausted and clear-headed after the wild sex. His post-orgasm bliss rolled off of him like the tide receding. Reality and guilt came crashing in. Oh God, what have I done? He looked around the empty basement, feeling vulnerable once again. But his eyes fell on his computer. He shouldn't be feeling vulnerable. For the first time in a very long time, he had something to feel excited about. He had a power. He could control others. Okay, time to clean up. He said more to himself than the sex-drunk vixens kneeling on the dirty basement floor. They were still covered in his cum, looking filthy, glazed, and sweaty. They glistened from the overhead fixtures. But more than that, they were still kissing, fondling each other, licking cum from each other's breasts, and moaning sweetly. He hurried to the computer and typed quickly. He couldn't leave them in this state. At least not yet. Not until he had a better handle on just what he was capable of. He needed to clear their memories return them to reality, and take a few measures to ensure he wouldn't get into trouble though he doubted he would. Sex wasn't the only thing he could make people do, but it was just what interested him the most. But there was a new temptation that he couldn't resist, as he wrote faster than he ever had in his life. Why not send them back to their rooms with a few tweaks? A few improvements. They could return to their normal lives a little more, open-minded. A little more sexually confident and dressing more salaciously in their day-to-day lives certainly wouldn't hurt either. But these girls were just the beginning. They had another roommate that Rob hadn't met yet, and he was anxious to be introduced. Not to mention the other tenants in the building. Rob had never been an outgoing person, and it just occurred to him how rude he'd been all this time, never taking the time to say hello. But perhaps this was the perfect opportunity for a little meet and greet of the people who lived in his building. Chapter 03 Tenant 2B. The song on the radio was one that she never heard before. It sounded vaguely Irish soulful and dark. The singer was raspy. His voice rolled from the speakers, belting out lyrics about sinners and drinking and doing lines. Between the wind in her hair and the song pounding with the beat of her heart, she was feeling it after only a couple of blocks. This song is fucking amazing, she said. Reminds you of the Emerald Isle? Captain Graver asked with an amused smile that made the scar beside his eye disappear. Fuck you, sir. She shot back. She ticked the points off on her fingers. Galloway is Scottish, not Irish. My grandparents were first-gen immigrants, so even my parents don't have accents. And lastly, only my dad was Scottish. Right. Captain Graver replied. Got it. Your mother was what? Italian? Israeli. Close enough. She snorted in derision. Whatever, you Polish piece of shit. This earned a laugh from her captain. Technically, he wasn't her captain yet. She was still in training. 
and she had known Graver long before he was ever a captain. They had been buddies. Otherwise, she wouldn't get away with half of the shit that she normally did. Like not wearing a uniform, for example. Sure, she wore the black multicam camouflage baseball cap with the insignia of her unit, and the black mall vest with the ammo pouches and utilities, but that's as far as she'd ever go. She would never wear a full uniform ever again. Not after what happened. The song reminds me of church. All the talk of sinners and praying, she said. It's about a bar, Graver said immediately. What? It's about a bar, moron. Interpret the lyrics, instead of just taking them at face value. She listened for a moment before making sense of it all. Well, I'll be damned. Yes, you will, he said, pulling the jeep to the front of the building and letting her out. Captain Graver eyed the old Victorian on Willow Street and let out a whistle of appreciation. They didn't make them like this anymore. The mansion loomed over the street, tall and proud. Colonel Mustard in the billiard room with the dagger. He muttered to himself. It looked like a mystery mansion. Thanks for the ride, she said, retrieving her equipment from the back seat before hopping out. Her boots hit the pavement as she slung her duffel bag. How's the knee? He asked. Hurts like a bitch. Next time, get your own fucking ride home. Captain Graver smirked. She shot him the finger, making him laugh. Say hi to Quinn for me, next time you see him. Will do, Cap, thanks. Then the jeep was rumbling off. Her name was Kate Galloway, and she normally rode a motorcycle a sporty crotch rocket. Unfortunately, a minor setback during training today had hurt her leg badly enough to force leave her motorcycle at the HQ building and bum a ride home. She made a mental note to invest in some knee pads. She slung her vest over one shoulder and hefted her duffel with the other, starting toward her apartment breathing in deep the fresh late summer air. Christ, it was good to be alive. Sitting on the front steps of the of the building, reading a book in the sun was a young man of about eighteen or nineteen, with a sweet innocent face and big brown eyes. A mop of shaggy brown hair hung down to his ears. He glanced up at her timidly, then his eyes darted away fast. He seemed to shrink away and cram himself further against the railing, if that was possible. Clearly he was making a considerable effort to avoid being in her way. Galloway felt a little bad for him. Obviously he wasn't someone with much confidence. He was trying hard to not trip her up. Her dirty boots thumped over the planks of the front porch. She set her bag down for a second and dug her key from her torn jeans. The kid glanced at her from the corner of his eye timidly. She smiled at him. He immediately returned his gaze to his book. She unlocked the front door then paused. She wasn't sure why, but she had the overwhelming urge to reach out. An old friend flashed before her eyes a friend from years past who held himself with the same kind of posture sadness and self-loathing. That was why she found herself blurting out. Hey you? He looked up, the alarm apparent in his expression. His eyes had grown large. And me? He asked. Yeah, you. Is everything all right? Oh, I'm okay. He flashed her a very nervous yet polite smile. His eyes took her in. The woman who was calling out to him was extremely pretty in her late twenties. Her eyes were ice blue, lighter than the sky, and her hair was wavy and wild, tied back into a ponytail. She was wearing a black camouflage cap, but her ponytail bobbed out the back. Her hair was naturally dark brown, but it was dyed to a rebellious shade of maroon. The exaggerated color reminded him of raspberry sherbet. Her lips were full and pink, her cheeks apple-like, and her eyes squinted naturally. He saw a cheesy horror movie called Shout or Scream, or something like that, when he was younger, one that everyone at school was raving about. 
This woman kind of reminded him of the star Neve Campbell. Was that her name? She had that same calm, even manner. She seemed cool. Although he wasn't sure what to make of her muddy boots and torn jeans. A tear was over the knee, and blood was running freely from her visible skin. She either hadn't noticed it was bleeding, or didn't care. Kinda cool. Her legs looked solid and strong, and her jeans hugged her hips and pleasant curve of her butt. She was wearing a dark blue shirt with a police-like insignia and the word trainee over the curve of her breast. Not that he would notice such things, but her chest was full and proportional, pleasantly round what was that. C-cup? Her arms were fit and toned. Her left arm was decorated with a sleeve tattoo a rose that bloomed on her shoulder, and a thorny stem that wound its way down her bicep to mid-forearm. Her vest that she held slung over her shoulder was camouflaged and tactical like the soldiers in movies and video games. The name Galloway was embroidered on a patch in white letters. He looked at her only for a second, taking in all of these details before he had to look away self-consciously. She was hot, and whenever someone hot talked to him, he assumed there was some punchline coming that he didn't foresee some put-down that would embarrass and upset him. She lingered, which only made it worse. He could feel the heat creeping to his face. Are you sure? She pressed. His face flushed a color of bright red. She was painfully hot. The kind of bombshell that fighter pilots would paint on the noses of their planes. Yeah, I'm good. He answered all too quickly, feeling out of breath. She seemed to give this some thought. Then, to his shock and anxiety, she put down her gear and came over. She sat down on the step beside him. What are you reading? She asked. Just a sci-fi book. You wouldn't be interested. Half of his brain was excited that someone so pretty was taking an interest in him. The other half was so self-conscious that he was just wishing she'd go away. What makes you think that? She blinked. He stammered stupidly, trying to think up an answer. She smiled at his discomfort, a bit amused. He couldn't arrive at a good answer without risking offending her. So after a minute of stammering nonsense, he stopped talking. Sorry, I didn't mean to bother you, Galloway said. I just wanted to make sure you were all right out here. You're too, eh, right? He nodded. Yeah. You live across the hall? You're 2B. She smiled. I'm Kate, but 2B if you'd prefer. The guys in the squad call me Galloway, so that works too. She stuck out her hand to shake. She was wearing fingerless black gloves, like a biker. So what are you doing out here? She asked. Her eyes were penetrating. He couldn't think straight when she looked at him. I forgot my key. He blushed. Did you forget your phone too? Can't call the landlord to let you back in. I don't have a phone. Ah, uh, so you're a time traveler. That makes more sense. Want me to kick down the door for you? He didn't seem to notice her joke. Tough crowd, she mused. Um, we don't have a lot of money, so no phone. We? He hesitated to admit this, especially to an attractive woman. My mom and I. I'll just wait for her to get home. It's no big deal. Out here by yourself? That's a shitty plan. You're going to hang out with me instead until she gets home, Galloway said. His eyes widened at her suggestion. This development was not something he planned for. No, really, it's fine. It's a nice day out, and I don't mind sitting here and reading. Galloway knew that was a lie she knew what someone having a bad day looked like. He didn't really want to be out here all day, but he was desperately trying to not inconvenience her. She wasn't hearing it. Let's go, she urged him, climbing to her feet. I'm not going to hang out by myself all night. He considered this, looking bashful and nervous. 
Galloway couldn't really fathom why. When he saw that there was no arguing with her, he reluctantly gathered his things. It was almost as though he didn't want to stand up. But when he did, she startled. He retrieved two shiny objects from the ground. At first, Galloway flashed back. She thought they were rifles. But then he snugged his arms into the loops and used them to help stand. Suddenly Galloway realized what she was seeing. Orthopedic crutches the kind that wrapped around his forearms. They weren't the result of some temporary injury. He was disabled. He moved in jerky motions as he situated himself. That was why he was hesitant to stand up in front of her. He was self-conscious. He noticed where her eyes had gone and he pointed to himself. Cerebral palsy, he said in the tone of someone who's had to say it a million times before. Galloway cocked her head curiously. If that's what your mother named you, I ought to kick her ass. He blinked, confused for a moment. Then he burst out laughing. No. I meant. I have dash. He trailed off, blushing bright red. Let me try that again. I'm Ethan. There we go. That's better. Galloway smiled. I just happened to have cerebral palsy. He explained. And I just happened to have a fucked up sense of humor. I noticed. It's that apparent? He shrugged. So does this mean you're not going to be a gentleman and hold doors for me, or carry my personal items? She smirked. It wasn't in Galloway's nature not to lightheartedly poke. Ethan looked at her for a second, then he allowed a nervous smile, and hunched near her duffel bag. It was an awkward display but he managed to loop it over his shoulder, before nudging the door open with one of his crutches. You know I was just messing with you, right? Galloway admitted. I'm a gentleman. He joked, and it earned a laugh. But what do you have in this thing? Rocks? If you think that's heavy, wait till you carry my purse. I'm not carrying your purse. Even I have to draw the line somewhere. As they headed inside, Galloway found herself rather charmed by this kid. Maybe she was a big softie at heart, but he had a sense of humor and some determination about him. When they reached the stairs, Galloway felt a moment of doubt. They both lived on the second floor, and with Ethan's, limitations. Is there a secret elevator I don't know about? I know I haven't lived here that long, but... No, I have to use the stairs, Ethan said, as though it was obvious. He started up carefully. That doesn't seem very accommodating. What about this place seems up to code? Ethan laughed. Fair enough. Something about the building being historic, they can't make it more accessible. But it's cheap, and my mom works really hard. So I can deal with it. As long as I'm careful on the steps, it's nothing that I can't handle. Galloway again smirked. I wasn't asking for your sake. I need an elevator right now because my knee is fucking killing me. She motioned to her torn jeans and bloody knee. Ethan paused, replaying their conversation in his head. She was right. She hadn't mentioned him at all. This woman had a sharp sense of humor that he most certainly wasn't used to. He stared at her for a second, pausing halfway up the stairs. A scrape on your knee, huh? That must really be hard for you. He said, then couldn't stop the smile from spreading across his face. In seconds, they both sputtered laughter. You're funny, she admitted. So what's your deal? Why were you cowering outside earlier, being weird when I invited you in? Ethan shrugged. He didn't like to chase this line of thought, because it wasn't very uplifting. My dad left us when I was little. I guess he didn't want to deal with me having. He let his eyes flick to his crutches. Extra needs? So I guess ever since then, I just try really hard to not be in anyone's way. Galloway wasn't sure what to say. 
That was horrible. You always think you have it rough until you meet someone who had worse. You go to school? She changed the subject. Um, not really. You don't sound so sure. Graduated high school this past summer. I'm taking a year off. It was Ethan's turn to change the subject. You said the squad earlier. So you're like, a cop or military or something? Part-time bartender. But I just started a new job. It's pretty serious. What is it? He grunted. They reached their landing. Two doors faced each other in the cramped space. In front of Ethan's door, the stairs narrowed and continued further up and into the attic and the third floor landing. A set of sconces flanked both doors. They were heavy oak. They looked medieval. Honestly, Ethan, even I'm not very sure. He cocked his head at her comment, as though it was impossible for him to understand that answer. She smiled easily. It's a private police firm. You know how like security guards aren't officially cops? He nodded his head vigorously, even before he gave a lot of thought to what she was explaining. Well, security guards are usually employed by private companies. That's like mine. They employ private guards. But we're putting together a SWAT team. My new boss wants me on it, and they're fast-tracking me through the training program. Ethan's eyes widened with surprise. She read it at once. I know. It scares the hell out of me, too. Well, that's really cool, though, he said, looking her over appreciably. She shrugged as she unlocked her apartment door. I guess. I never did anything like that before, though. It's kind of scary, you know? You never did any job like that before? He was blown away. How does that work? The closest job I had to this was as a casino security officer. But I left that job pretty quickly to be a bartender. Why? Ethan prodded. I was shot. Her words stopped Ethan dead in his tracks. Much of Galloway's good humor was gone, but she was being casual and matter-of-fact about her explanation. She saw the shock on his face and smiled. She hiked up the sleeve of her left arm. At first Ethan only saw the rose tattoo. But as he inspected closer, in the center of the blooming flower, he saw the telltale scar the puckered skin. It was a robbery gone wrong, she explained. That job was fun up until then. But I lost a few friends that day. A few others got hurt. That was when it became real. She pointed to his crutches, then back to her shoulder. Look at us. Quite the pair, you and I. She unlocked the door and led him into her apartment. It was somewhat cramped but cozy. The front door faced an open living room space with a couple of mismatched couches, a chipped coffee table, and a TV and entertainment center. To the right, down a short hall was the bedroom and bathroom. To the left was a kitchen, just as open as the living room. Only the couch served as the dividing line between the two. The counters and cabinets were new, and a movable chopping block and a couple of stools served as the table. It was all lit by modern lighting fixtures probably from Ikea, or one of those clean-line modern furniture stores. It was pleasant. Galloway was apparently still in the process of unpacking. A few boxes lined the living room wall. Otherwise, she looked pretty well settled in. Oh, neat! Ethan declared when he saw that along the back wall of her kitchen, a glass door opened onto a small porch that overlooked the back of the apartment building the lawn, the alley, and beyond that, the sloping hillside of a cemetery. You got the only one in the building, he said looking out the glass. A couple of cheap plastic lawn chairs were set up, a small table, with an empty glass that Galloway had forgotten to bring inside. You better believe it. She started to unpack her gear. He was relieved to drop her heavy bag with an audible thud. So how'd you go from wanting to avoid a dangerous job to joining a SWAT team? 
He made his way over to the patio door and looked out. The yard appeared very far down. The view was tremendous. Doesn't make much sense, I know. I have some reservations about it myself. But I needed to do something with my life sooner or later. And as luck would have it, I was tending bar one night. A customer got a little handsy with me. I broke his wrist. Galloway smiled proudly. A couple of customers saw it. One of them came up to me afterward this young brunette woman who looked and spoke like an undercover cop. Turns out, she owns the firm that I'm training with now. She offered me a job. Even more interesting, the captain of the tactical division is an old friend of mine I haven't seen for years he's her fiancé. Small world. She laughed. When he turned back from the door, his eyes widened. Galloway was in the process of removing several boxes of shells and a very elaborate-looking military rifle from her duffel. She was transferring it to a locking hard case. Don't get curious. She cautioned him as she placed a pistol into it as well and snapped it shut, locking it. I never saw a gun in real life, he admitted. They're exactly what you think they are, she replied. Then she offered him a lopsided smirk. Dinner is on me tonight while you wait for your mom to get home. Hope you like burnt chicken. Ethan's mother was a small compact woman with bouncy neck-length strawberry blonde hair and an elfish smile. She introduced herself as Meg and had clear blue eyes. She almost be construed as mousy, though she was extremely cute. Ethan had explained that she was a legal secretary. It was apparent by the way she dressed a clean blouse, though nothing uptight, and some modest jewelry. A gray pencil skirt displayed an ass that rivaled Galloway's, and though the woman was small, a full head shorter than Galloway, her thighs were pleasantly on the thicker side. Galloway hadn't been expecting someone so young. Meg couldn't have been much older than thirty-five. It was past dark by the time she'd arrived from work to collect her son, and when Galloway answered the door, she couldn't resist looking the woman up and down from head to toe. I'm not a home wrecker, I swear. Galloway playfully held up her hands defensively. He told me he lived with his mother, not some hot-as-hell girlfriend. Ethan! Galloway called over her shoulder. You totally lied to me, you little man-whore. This earned a blush from both Ethan and Meg displaying the resemblance. That's my mom! Ethan called from the kitchen. He'd been helping Galloway with the dishes, and the two had been listening to music through a Bluetooth speaker, while making casual conversation. Galloway turned back to the woman at the door. No fucking way. Meg shrugged, a little smile creeping across her features. What can I say? I wasn't the most responsible teenager. Neither was I. I like you already. Galloway introduced herself. Despite her tiredness from a long work day, Meg Richards maintained much of her good humor. She seemed like a genuinely cheerful person, although a little, sad. Thank you for spending time with him and making him dinner, Meg said. She sounded apologetic. I would have come home sooner, but it was one of those days where I couldn't escape work dash. Ethan reddened. Mom, I'm not a kid that needs a babysitter. Galloway shrugged in a no-big-deal way. This was a first for me. I don't always bring home men I just met, but for him I'd make an exception. Ethan's cheeks grew even redder. Do you want to come in for a beer or something? She offered Meg. No, I'd better not. We don't want to overstay our welcome after just meeting you. She said, waiting patiently while Ethan collected his book and started across the hall, his crutches clacking on the floorboards. Halfway there, Ethan turned and thanked Galloway again for today. He added as an afterthought, And don't second-guess your job. I think you'll be really great at it. It warmed Galloway. She leaned against the frame. 
As the tenants parted ways for the evening, a set of hurried footsteps echoed up the stairs. A skinny man in his mid-thirties hurried around the corner, with an overflowing pharmacy bag in one hand. He almost ran headlong into them. Oh, hello? Meg startled. He blinked at them, not expecting to run into anyone as he returned to his attic apartment. H. Hello, he replied, the nervousness was apparent. But despite that, he took a moment to look each of them over, particularly Meg. His eyes wandered appreciably, until Meg shot Galloway a glance, then bid them good night hurrying into her apartment and shutting the door. That made her uncomfortable, Galloway realized. She didn't blame Meg. The first thing that really struck her was how pale this man was. The term blue blood came to mind. Galloway had been told by an old teacher that the phrase was coined from years ago to describe people who never went outside and were so pale that their veins had a bluish tint. Galloway found him incredibly familiar looking. I'm Kate, I just moved in. Rob, he said. I live upstairs. 3A or 3B? He looked for a moment like he didn't understand the question. Then it sank in. Um, 3A. He started to slide the plastic bag behind his back in an attempt to hide it from view. Galloway noted that it was packed to the brim with condoms. She found that a little ambitious. He might have been cute in a nerdy way if he spent some time outside, put on some weight, and cleaned himself up. But instead, he gave off a serial killer vibe. He saw where her eyes were. Well, it was nice meeting you, he said immediately and headed for the stairs. You too, she responded, watching him go. His unsteady hurried legs called to mind the clumsy saunter of the scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz. Rob rounded the corner at the next landing and was gone. As Galloway shut and bolted her door it came to her where she had seen him before. The bar. He was a Tuesday night regular at the bar where she used to tend. That night wasn't her normal shift. She had only covered one night, but he seemed to make everyone uneasy. And one thing that she remembered distinctly, he had a tendency to talk to himself. Now he lived above her. God damn it. Kelsey was waiting for Rob on the couch in his apartment when he came bursting through the door. Mmm, there he is, she said in a husky voice that was barely her own, her head propped up on her arm. She was splayed out in a slutty nurse outfit not really a cheesy Halloween costume, but more of Kelsey's normal work scrubs that he'd gotten her to modify a bit. The v-neck had been cut much deeper, her tits practically spilling out of it, and she'd shortened the bottom to reveal her flat tan tummy, all the way up until the bottoms of her breasts were visible. Naturally she wasn't wearing a bra. Rob's imagination had run out at her scrub bottoms, but he made sure she wore them low, to show the straps of her thong, and she rolled up her pant legs cutely above her pink Converse sneakers, so he could see those ankles and calves. She dressed like this for him during her regular visits. Rob knew that it was hollow. All of it. Kelsey wasn't here of her own volition. She was here because whatever he typed into his computer just happened. Even the vague and the long term played out the way he desired. He had typed a short narrative about how Kelsey had put on her outfit and waited for him in his apartment until his return, and she had done exactly that in real life. In many ways, Rob felt a little bad about this. Kelsey was amazing. Controlling her mind and actions in order to have wild sex wasn't exactly his plan A. He would have preferred she genuinely liked him, and there were real feelings to her actions. But there wasn't and the simulation was the next best thing to reality. It was never going to happen any other way, so he may as well enjoy it because the alternative was his lonely sexually frustrated existence. Sure, when they were done fucking, he always sent her home and snapped her back into reality returning her to her old self. 
but that was getting harder and harder to do. Even when they weren't having sex, Rob liked the company. He liked having someone to talk to, even if it was all pretend. Did you stock up? Kelsey giggled, seeing the bag in his hand. Huh? Oh yeah. He was distracted. He emptied the contents of his bag across the table. Boxes and boxes of condoms cascaded into a pile. Rob didn't particularly like condoms the smell bothered him, but he figured it'd be best to play it safe. He was leaving behind a lot of evidence, and he didn't want these girls to start questioning it when they snapped out of whatever spell they were under. Caution was especially imperative after his run-in with the woman in 2B, with the raspberry-dyed hair. He'd met her once at the bar he sometimes frequented. Other drinkers had commented about her resemblance to Neve Campbell or Lauren Graham. Personally, Rob thought she looked like a younger version of porn star Maggie Green, with the eyes of Angela D'Addario. Aside from her being incredibly sexy and wild, he hadn't given her much thought since then, however. But now, the badge-like insignia on her shirt. She looked like she might be a cop now or something. Kelsey seemed to read his thoughts. What's wrong? He told her about his encounter with Galloway, and his thoughts on her career. If she's in law enforcement, he explained. We need to be really careful. Kelsey licked her lips. Is she pretty? Rob looked up sharply. Kelsey smiled and cocked her head. Maybe she'd like to party with us. Having a cop on our side might be a good thing. Rob couldn't help but laugh. He'd gotten a little vague and open with his directions for Kelsey's behavior. He'd learned fast that he no longer had to script her word for word in his stories. She would take on this wild sex fiend persona just from a few loose directions but he was astounded how she was sort of forming a personality of her own while she was under the spell. Like a robot learning to be a human. You might be right. He admitted with an amazed shake of his head, although he'd still rather just avoid her. Kate Galloway was hot as hell. She would be a fun addition to his sexual adventures. But he was playing fire. He needed to tread really carefully in his dealings with her. Galloway would require baby steps. In the meantime, though, have you ever met the mother in two way? He asked Kelsey. She shrugged. Maybe once or twice. Her big brown eyes retreated for a moment as she thought it over. They still had the smile in them, that magic sparkle that made Kelsey the object of Rob's desires. Although they didn't seem as vibrant as they did when she was conscious her true self. I'd bumped into her and her son as well. Kelsey bit her lip and an evil smile crossed her lips. I like where this is going. She's cute. Rob mused. While Rob didn't have a porn star that came to mind for her, he'd watched enough cheesy sci-fi shows in his life. There was something about her face that reminded him of Katie Sackhoff, though he couldn't be sure of what. Just a smaller Katie Sackhoff with softer, more elf-like features. She had nice legs thighs that thickened pleasantly as they reached her round shapely ass. Her tummy was taut and her breasts were a pleasant beacup, which appeared much bigger on her small frame. Perky. I can picture her in an apron, and nothing else. M.M., like the cover girl on in Dirty Edition of Good Housekeeping. The good mommy of the year. Kelsey purred. Rob barely noticed the underlying suggestion to Kelsey's thoughts. He was too busy thinking about Meg. Of course he'd met her a few times in passing. And of course he thought she was pretty. But like most very attractive women, Rob never considered her as an option, so he'd given her very little thought. Sort of same way that a man living in poverty will never truly look at the million-dollar sports car you could appreciate it and dream about it. But until the day where you realize it's within your grasp and you can own it, you never really allow yourself to fantasize. Suddenly now, 
Thanks to this wonderful new inexplicable gift, every attractive woman was within Rob's grasp. The prettiest ones around, that he hadn't allowed his wandering eyes to really look at, were now a simple keystroke away from being his. He glanced at the computer array in the turret. Why should he stop with just one? He could have them all. And tonight he was feeling daring. Maggie Richards was having a tough night. Normally she was one of those people who could fall asleep the moment her head hit the pillow. It wasn't because she was blessed or because she was lucky. Meg had a lot on her plate she had since she was 16 and first read the results of her pregnancy test. But combine that with a disabled child, an absentee father, and a one-income household, she simply couldn't add sleep to her list of problems. Between work exhausting her and her worries over her son, she would take a moment each night to meditate, to listen to soothing sounds on her headphones, to count her blessings, push away her concerns, and to let sleep take her quickly. But tonight was not one of those nights. Meg often experienced loneliness. Between work and her son, she had very little time for relationships. Normally, that would be okay, but she still had certain needs. And when those needs arose, she'd tiptoe to her bedroom door and peer out, making sure the light was off in her son's bedroom. Then she'd retrieve her toy a little pink vibrator from her nightstand, lay back on her bed, and quietly satisfy her urges. Somehow tonight was different. Tonight, the urge came on sudden and strong. Stronger than ever. Meg's heart began to pound, and she grew hot all over. She threw her blankets off of herself. She shouldn't be this warm. It wasn't a hot night, and Maggie was sleeping in just her panties and a gray t-shirt. She let out a gasp when her hand slid between her thighs. Her panties were soaked. Her nipples pressed through the thin cotton fabric of her tee. There was an urgency to this bodily need. She had never needed sex as badly as she did right now. And she was certain that her toy might make her scream. She practically sprang out of bed and hurried to the door. Please be asleep, please be asleep. Ethan's room light was on. She swore under her breath. He was probably up reading, or listening to music, or playing on his computer. Maybe he was enjoying some other less wholesome activity. It wouldn't surprise her. Her son was a teenage boy, just like any other and after spending an afternoon with that sexy rebellious-looking woman across the hall, Ethan had excitedly explained she was some sort of officer in training. It was very likely Ethan would use those fresh thoughts of his new friend to pleasure himself. She leaned against the door frame, eyeing the light that was coming out from beneath his door. Maggie wasn't a prude. She knew her son did such things especially at his age. And between his bashful nature and his impairments, there was a lot of uncertainty if he'd meet a girl who he could open up to. On more than one occasion, she'd caught Ethan in the act, laying on his bed or sitting at his desk. He'd always scrambled to cover himself and pretend he'd been changing, but Maggie knew better. It was perfectly natural. Everyone had needs. She startled. She was grinding herself on the frame of her bedroom door. When the hell had she started doing that? Right there in the hallway, one bare thigh wrapped around the frame, moving her body up and down like a stripper on a pole. Oh God! What if Ethan stepped out to use the bathroom and saw her like this? She stopped herself, but her body screamed at her to keep going. Her heart was pounding. Her legs were shaking. Her cheeks were so flushed, she felt like her body was on fire. She hadn't felt this wonderfully excited and aroused since she was young and had taken her first glimpses into the world of sex. Her hand had wandered back to her panties. She was dripping. What the hell was happening to her? She leaned harder on the frame and gently sank her teeth into her bottom lip. Her fingers slipped into her undies and she started to rub her soft wetness.
The sigh of pleasure that escaped her throat barely sounded like her own voice. She froze for a second. Had she been too loud? She listened for an agonizingly long time, but didn't hear the telltale sound of Ethan's crutches moving across his bedroom floor. Would she hear him touching himself if she listened much longer? She pushed a finger back inside of herself, and it felt like a bolt of electricity. Her eyes fluttered. Her other hand shot up to her chest, and she pushed her shirt up and up, until her bare breasts were exposed to the night air. Her shirt came to rest just above her perky tits. Despite her age, they were still full and round, a good shape, with perky pink nipples. Such a shame, she thought as she reached her hands up and cupped one of them, that nobody wanted to suck on them. The last person who had was Ethan when he was nursing. She jumped. She was pinching her nipple, and it was extra sensitive. Her whole body gave a spasm, and she flung her hair back. It slapped against the frame. Thank God she had something to lean against, because she was almost sure her legs didn't have strength to hold herself up much longer. The thrill was too much. No matter how much she rubbed herself, she knew she needed more. Even the vibrator wouldn't suffice. She needed the real thing, and urgently. If she didn't get fucked by a real cock right now, she was going to explode. Maggie was gasping. Sweat was running down her body. Her hormones drove her on in one single-minded urge. Her feet seemed to move with a mind of their own. She tiptoed down the hallway and stood in front of her son's bedroom door. One hand still down the front of her panties. Her shirt resting up above her tits her body on full display. What was she doing? Ethan would be horrified. He'd surely reject her in an instant. She was his mother. But she couldn't stop. She needed a cock inside of her and turning around and simply going back to bed wouldn't satiate this urge. Her hand reached out. She fingered the old knob in one trembling hand. She was about to turn it, to bear herself to her own son and throw herself at him, and demand that he take her. But without explanation she stopped. Something in her head urged her instead to go to the front door. Maggie slipped soundlessly down the hall, her heart still hammering away. She hurried through the darkened living room, feeling like someone else was at the wheel of her body, driving her. When she flung the front door open, she gave no thought to why the pale skinny man from 3A was standing in the hallway with a knowing smile on his face. He hadn't even knocked. Take me, she pleaded, her voice soft and desperate. Rob pushed her back against her door frame. She went willingly, throwing her leg up against his hip. He was already bulging in his gym shorts. A surprisingly large pleasant bulge for such a skinny man. Meg cooed when she felt it slip against her mound. Oh God. She whispered, throwing her arms around his neck and kissing him hard and excited. Her lack of experience was apparent to Rob. Poor woman. It must have been a while. Why don't you take a little break from being mom tonight and focus on the hot slut you always wanted to be? Rob whispered back. He pushed his hips against her, eagerly dry-humping her there in the open door. The thrill of being out in the open excited him. He knew the situation was under control, but it was so easy to forget in the moment. He had the lady cop right across the landing, and Meg's son down the hall. Either of them could easily hear what was about to happen, and come to investigate. Rob using the word mom with her only seemed to arouse her more. She gasped and bit his lip excitedly. She squirmed against him, her body moving like a dancer. She was so excited, she couldn't even hold still. Her hands shoved his shorts down his legs. His cock sprang free. Meg didn't hesitate. She locked her hand around it and began to stroke him. Her hands were small, just like her body, 
and his already large thick manhood was that much bigger beneath her frenzied fingers. He was thrusting back. His sighs of pleasure were hushed in the darkness. He reached his hands around Meg's back, cupping those firm perky-ass cheeks. His fingers slipped beneath the fabric of her panties. What if someone comes? Meg panted out beside Rob's ear. So what? Rob said, and sank his fingers into her fleshy globes. He squeezed hard until she whimpered. Still, she didn't relent. Her hips were pushing hard against his cock, desperate to be filled by him. Her body moved and gyrated. She was guiding the head of his cock exactly where she needed it. They'll see me, doing this, in the doorway. She said and pulled aside her panties. She hiked her leg higher on Rob's hip. His cock touched her warm wetness. She slid his shaft around in little circles on her hungry pussy, coating the head in a hot sheen. Good, they should see how desperate you are for cock, Rob said. He thrust his hips and felt the head of his cock slip inside of her. She was achingly tight. She whimpered a little. Oh, she seemed to melt into him. Her hands were running over her own body, squeezing her breasts, massaging them. Her head thumped back against the door frame. I think you want to get caught. Rob murmured. He pushed himself harder, sinking only a few inches into her body. But Meg was small and short. He couldn't go much deeper at this angle. He slid out of her, spun her around and bent her forward. She caught herself on the door frame and held tightly, scooting her ass back against him. Maybe that hottie across the hall will open the door and see you. Rob gave her firm ass a slap that could have been heard in the stillness of the building. Maybe she'll arrest and discipline you for this display of indecency. He then shoved her panties down until they were around her ankles. He spread her cheeks until he could see that pink wet pussy and her tight little asshole. She whimpered and wiggled her ass, scooting herself back, desperately seeking his cock the pleasure she'd been craving for years. W what would you do? She asked, her voice quivering with anticipation. Maybe I'd fuck her first. Cuff you and make you watch and wait. Rob smiled. Please, no. She almost cried out. Rob was pleased with her desperation. You need to be fucked, now more than ever, don't you? Yes, please God, fuck me, Dash. Rob didn't let her finish her plea. He pressed his cock into her body and sank deep. His long shaft plunged into her depths. Her pussy so tight and warm, it was a shame that she had no prospects, because a body like this deserved to be fucked nightly. For a moment, Meg couldn't find her voice, couldn't even breathe. It had been so long that her breath caught in her throat. When she finally regained her wits, she shivered. Boohoo. Rob started to thrust. W what? Meg started to whimper, but her voice was unsteady. Her legs shook. Her hands clung to the door frame. What if someone else caught us? Who? Rob played coy. What if Ethan caught us? Your son? He started to pump himself deeper. He knew it was wrong, but this woman mentioning her son while he fucked her. It made his cock swell. It was a new level of deviancy he hadn't achieved, and for that reason, it was an incredible new high. Meg braced with her outstretched arms and started to push her ass back against Rob's invading member. He slid deeper and deeper. Meg threw her head back, her bouncy wild hair flinging backward. Yes, she said. I don't know, what if he did? Rob played coy, pressing her for more. He wanted to see where she'd go with this. Oh God, she moaned, pushing back against him. Each time he did, her body was able to more easily swallow up his lengthy and throbbing girth. I don't know. Maybe he'd like to stay and watch. 
See what kind of slut his mommy really is. Rob taunted. His member plunged happily into her. His voice was soft and husky. Rob was ashamed to admit that even he was trembling. This was a very taboo topic, but it excited him. He wanted to explore further. He gripped Meg by the hair. Her blonde shoulder-length hair soft and bouncy. H. He's never had a girlfriend. She sighed. I feel bad for him. He's probably very lonely. Even the act of confiding this while her big but jiggled pleasantly against his body felt filthy. Just like his mommy, Rob said. He's a virgin? Uh Uh-huh, she panted, her ass sliding up and down now in between long thrusts. She had to press her face to the doorframe for support. Her legs were trembling so hard that her knees were knocking together. Her panties still around both ankles like a pair of shackles. But I don't want him to be forever. He should be starting college. He should be meeting girls. But... Rob shushed her. He knew where she was going with this that she feared his disability might hold him back. Do you think he would enjoy watching you? He said, tugging harder on her hair. She whimpered and gasped. I don't know. She moaned. I'll bet he would. I'll bet he'd get so hard, seeing this sexy little body of yours in action. Rob slid himself out of her, teased the tip of his cock across her eager pussy lips. Meg's hips never stopped moving. She needed him back inside of her more than she ever needed anything. Oh God, she moaned. I'll bet he'd have so many filthy thoughts about his mom. Please. She glanced at him over her shoulder. Her hair hung over her face, obscuring her eyes, but he could still see the pure instinctive lust in them. What would you have done if I hadn't been at your door? Rob asked. Meg shut her eyes and whimpered. Her entire body was pleading for him not to stop fucking her. It was obvious in her movements. She would do anything to keep going. It's so bad, she admitted, ashamed of herself, her fingers gripping the frame. Tell me, or I'll leave right now, Rob said sternly. I couldn't stop myself. I needed it so bad, she said, almost afraid he'd judge her. I would have gone into his bedroom, and before he could say a word, I would have put his cock right in my mouth. Bad mommy. Rob cracked her once across the ass. He was pleased with himself. He got her to admit the most taboo, awful thoughts she'd had. He wondered if this was completely the doing of his magic story writing computer, or if the guilty idea had always been there, eating away at her as she watched her boy grow up. He rewarded her with a hard thrust, returning his member deep in her body. I know. Her eyes shut but she was still pushing herself back into his thrusts, bent completely forward, her but never stopping. His cock disappearing fully into her body, she was only humping a few inches each time now, not wanting to let him escape again. Her thrust came faster and faster. Rob noticed how wet she'd become. Her inner thighs were coated. You would have been his first? I was so ready. I would have. She insisted. He needs it, I know he does. But so do I. I would have ridden him until we were both exhausted. Rob's cock was throbbing powerfully with each beat of his heart. This woman was basically confessing to thoughts and intentions of fucking her handicapped son. But the pure wrongness of it all was the biggest thrill of his life. He had ultimate control over people. Not only could he make someone anyone fuck him in any manner that he wanted, but he could make people go against their own moral fortitude. In this case, a mother had been ready to commit the ultimate sin because of his whims. More than that, she had wanted to. Maybe his computer was to blame, but he couldn't just control actions, he could control desires. Thought control. 
You wouldn't have done it because you felt bad for him. You wouldn't have done it because you thought he had a lack of options. Rob drove this point home. His hands on her body gripped her strongly. He pulled hard at her hair. His other hand gripped her ass and squeezed. His thrust threatened to knock her head first into the wall. But still she threw her head back, pushed herself into his penetrations. She fought to not scream into the night like a ghost haunting this old home. You would have done it for one reason, and only one reason, Rob said. Because you're a horny slut, and he's a cock that can pleasure you. Oh God, Meg started to cry out. Her pussy was contracting around his shaft, and he knew that feeling well by now. She was coming. Your boy became a man, and now you see him as a sexual object, like the depraved slut that you are. Meg had to throw her hands over her mouth, her petite body quivering with the intense pleasure that took control. She hadn't come like this in years. It was the kind of orgasm she certainly couldn't achieve alone in her empty bedroom. Even worse, Rob moaned. You're turned on by the thought of how bad it is. Only a demented sexual deviant would fuck her son, and you love to think that of yourself. Meg's screams were muffled by her hands. Her butt bounced and jiggled. You want to see that look on his face as his eyes roll back and he empties his balls into your body. Meg couldn't say a word. Rob was fucking her stupid, and there would be no coherence to anything she might say. It would just be a series of animalistic moans. She pulled her hands away from her mouth threw her head back. Her tongue hung from her mouth like a dog. All she could imagine was her son staring back at her, bewildered and shocked by what was happening, and she would open her mouth and start to lick his excited penis. Without realizing it, Meg was licking the doorframe in front of her, her tongue moving excitedly. It was too much for Rob too, this new level of depravity far too exciting. I'm going to come. He managed to choke out. He'd forgotten a condom. Of course he had. Give it to me, she begged, struggling to catch her breath. Rob pulled out of her and spun her around. On your knees? He was struggling to keep his voice a whisper. Meg went without a second thought, dropping down on the hardwood floor like a servant waiting to be fed. Her tongue hung out, her mouth agape. Shut your eyes and call me Ethan. Beg me for it, he said. Meg cupped her tits, rubbing her erect nipples. Please, Ethan. Mommy needs to taste it. Feed me, Ethan. Her whispering her son's name in the dark was what set off Rob. He had to bite his lip to keep from crying out as his cock erupted. He stroked his hard length feverishly. A stream of cum shot out of his aching member and landed across Meg's face. That's it, baby boy. Cover mommy's face. She continued to pant. A series of ropes rapid-fired from Rob's cock. Each time, Meg had another dirty plea for her son and Rob believed she really was picturing her son dumping his load onto her face. He aimed his cock directly into her open mouth and let the last heavy ropes of jizz fall squarely on her tongue. In just a short time, Rob had filled her mouth completely. Swallow your son's cum, Rob said, half-sex drunk, his own legs trembling now. Meg shut her mouth and obeyed. In one big gulp, his salty load was gone. She knelt there, staring up at him, caressing herself. Now go to bed. Rob insisted. And don't wake up your son. Not yet. I have big plans for you. Rob pulled up his gym shorts. The apartment's still dark and silent. The hallway is empty as ever. But until I come back again, I'll make sure you have plenty of thoughts to keep you company. Meg stood silently, fixed her shirt, and pulled up her wet panties, almost like she was in a trance. Then she spun and headed back to her bedroom, not making a sound. 
Rob giggled softly as Meg passed her son's closed bedroom door. There was no reason why two lonely people couldn't find comfort in each other's arms. But not yet. A slow build-up to that conclusion would be so much more fun for him. Especially since his apartment was one floor above. He glanced to the ceiling in contemplation. A show like that might be more fun for him to watch than to actually participate in. He returned to the hall and gave a cautious glance to door 2B. Kate Galloway would definitely complicate things. But maybe Kelsey was right about having a cop in his harem. He just needed to come up with a plan for her. Something big. He tiptoed back to his apartment. Continue in the next part.